Welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the, the Yerky, Yerky Boys. Boys. All right. Finishing up this David trilogy here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With? With book 22, The Solution. Right. Now, I, I want to... what month was this one? Oh, well, I haven't checked, but I'm going to say September. <laughs> I, that 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 must be correct because I know the next book we're doing is October. <laughs> it's back to school book. It is back to school book. That's true. Yeah, this is the listen. We know you got to go back to school, but at least as a consolation prize, the David trilogy is concluding. Hell yeah! I don't All remember right. what what if these came out like the first week, the last we, week. Yeah, we talked about month. this last time. Yeah, I don't. Oh, uh, did we? I, well, we. <laughs> I'm getting I mean, old. We speculated. Remember, we had to look up what day do books come out? Right. I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't know. (laughs) They don't have dates. They just have a month. Maybe it just rolled out differently throughout the month to different stores. I don't know. Listen, I'm mad at you today. And the listeners should should know that... We, are... we had to start late today because I, it was my fault, and Sir John's mad at me now. I wasn't going to get into the specifics, but <laughs> if you wanted to say that, that's fine. I just wanted <laughs> listeners to know that I'm pushing past it for the good of the show. Okay, you... so if he seems grumpy, that's what's going on. Well, it's I'm gonna I'm trying my hardest because I'm excited about <laughs> I was excited about this episode. It's a big episode. It is. There's a few things that I a little few bits of business that I need to clear up before we get started. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, last episode uh, was the second book in the trilogy, The Threat. Yes. And I, this was my bad. I forgot to say The Threat, I, I think, really was The Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy. Hmm. Not but, sure I agree. Oh, I don't see how it couldn't be. <laughs> Okay, continue. So I just wanted to get that out there. Mm-hmm. You've um, convinced al- me. Also, follow up. We did get another um, a follow up email from Nick No Name. Oh who, man, who has some thoughts on the trilogy as a whole? But I think I'm going to save them for our uh, season recap episode in a few weeks. Okay. And I'm also just going to go ahead and just take this opportunity to tell everyone listening if you have thoughts about. Hork Bajir, David, or anything else, just start formulating them now. If you want us to read them, we're going to, we'll email the Yerky boys at gmail.com and we'll save them for the season two recap episode. Sounds good. Especially because I was thinking, you know, the other, the last episode, we had informed listeners that we record on uh, Sundays. Um, So if they wanted to get their, you know, their emails in before the deadline to get them read on the show. Uh, But (laughs) <laughs> we're pretty much not going to be on that schedule regularly until season three. So we basically <laughs> lied to them. It is pretty funny. <laughs> Everyone get your emails in by Sunday. Psych. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's all, it's all messed up. We're doing weird things now. Everything's uh, weird for a little while. Don't worry about it. But also more importantly, uh, Nick did also send along. He, he, teased them last time and he made good on his promise we got we got codes for blue sky my friend so oh shit (laughs) oh hell yeah this is the benefit of being a podcaster this is the lucrative shit you get from those listeners (laughs) yeah the yerky boys at blue sky 
Well, no, I, I, well, I already, I, I used my code just for a personal one. <laughs> I'll send you yours. Okay. I don't know what to fucking do on there. It'll be interesting to listen back to this podcast someday because it's really a chronology of the post Twitter world. <laughs> it is. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll be saying, oh, I remember that. Holy shit. Yeah, maybe we will. Uh, okay, a couple other things. So, I don't, do you have anything first of business before we get into the book? Because I have more business, but maybe I'll give you a chance. No, no, uh, no business. Uh, only some book related things. Okay, yeah, I have. Been, well, the first thing. So, this book is the solution. I was wondering, is this the only book in the series uh, with that title, or are there others? I'm not sure. I like where you're going with this. It's a simple question. This is the only book with that name. It is. Yeah. So, okay, so this is then the final solution. <laughs> I mean, you can say it. I'm just asking questions. I, I mean, when you take... <laughs> I mean, when you take all of that, uh, and, and you see that the cover animal here is a rat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, do you find that offensive? Now I do. <laughs> As a resident uh, Jewish issues expert. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's you. That. Mm-hmm. Um, I you have to. I have to. Well, we'll we'll get. I'll get back to Judaism at the end of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 see how you feel about it when we're through all the books. We'll get back there. Now, listen. I know we got to get to the cover, and we got to get to this book. It's a big book. Mm-hmm. But I did. I have a special little surprise that it's I'm not I don't even really feel like you deserve it but it, for the listeners <laughs> I'm bringing it still okay this was just something I read this book right after we recorded the last episode I mm-hmm. dove right into it and uh, I was real excited I was starting to read it I was having a good time it's uh this book's a little dark I'll say that but it's also it's a big deal it's a it's this is kind of another big milestone, you know, the end of this trilogy. It's a significant step, a significant notch in our belt, I think. So I thought we should commemorate the occasion. And also, maybe because the book is so dark, we'll just start us off with a little bit of, of levity. Put, put us in a brighter mood before we really have to bring things down and everyone gets depressed. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I put I put to, I put something together, and uh, I'm gonna here I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you listen to it right now. Um, I, I'll you're gonna hear it off my cell phone, but I'll, I'm gonna put in the a better a better version of it for the listeners. Okay. Okay. okay here we go. I'm ready. It feels like a perfect night to morph into tigers and chase after our exes. Ah-ah, nymorphs. It feels like a perfect night for the mall at midnight to fall into a skylight. Ah-ah, nymorphs. Yeah! We're Rachel, Jake, Tobias, Marco, Cassie, David. And Aximili Escaruth is still. Tonight's the night when we forget about the Yerk pool. It's time. Uh oh. I don't know about you, but I'm reading 22. Everything will be alright if Tobias can pull through. 
You don't know about Jake, but Rachel can help too. Everything will be alright if we just keep reading Animorphs 22. 22. It seems like one of those nights the mall is too crowded. Too many controllers. Who's Mr. 3 uh-uh. anyway? Animorphs. Oh yeah, that's, I didn't go further than that. <laughs> I didn't have oh, yeah. I didn't have a, I didn't have a full song. I just had to get the start of that second verse. See, it's funny because I I I I bet the listeners were expecting like one verse maybe, and I I was convinced you were going to go all the way. Well, that's what I wanted people. I wanted people to sweat a little bit when they heard that next verse start. They're like, oh my fuck! There's oh fuck. Our, our listeners might not know that you have a history as a song parodist on YouTube. That's true. Well, no, no one really knows that. I've never really no made one that knows public. that. Maybe like a, a dozen people found your video and know that. Yeah, actually, some of those have like five or six thousand views. God damn. Yeah, you're a professional. Well, if the listeners want to know about that, we can talk about it in a later episode. But uh, okay. Okay. I just want you to know, I, I stopped and wrote that song uh, somewhere in the first uh, few chapters of the book. And that was one take, just so you know, first take. Very good. Very good. Yep. Yep. And um, that I'm was impressed. my, that's where I was. That's where I was at. That's the headspace. That's how excited I was for this book. That's the vibe I was feeling. And that's what I want the listeners to feel as we start discussing it. I think that this song has elevated our podcast to the next level. This is what's going to make us take off. Well, I'm worried that now they'll expect something (laughs) of this caliber in other episodes, and that's probably not going to happen. Well, you're not going to get it from me, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see how it goes. So so there you go, see? That's quite good, quite good. Pretty exciting, pretty exciting. It's very exciting, yes. All right, that's it. My business is clear. I'll shut the fuck up now, and we can start getting into it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is a hype book. Uh, I 100% agree with you. You know, people people love the David trilogy, and it, I really do think it, you know, it, it all comes down to this book, right? Like, the first two books, <laughs> there's some good stuff, but there's a lot of just chaos and wacky stuff and standard animorph. This book is very good and it really sticks the landing. And that, like, this is why, you know, when I think back on the David trilogy, you know, and at, at points where I have not just read the book, right? Like if I were like, oh yeah, I remember back when I read it when I was a kid or whatever, or a couple of years ago, the other books barely are even in my head. It's it's pretty much just this one I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I often find with movies that if the third act is great, then it doesn't really matter if the first two aren't that great. <laughs> mm-hmm. you're gonna, and vice versa, if it sucks, then you're leaving the theater going, that movie wasn't that good, right? <laughs> Endings are very important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's yeah. even better with a book because you can't, you know, you can't just like... Uh, bore your audience out with the first two you know because because it's like even if the first two books suck you could just not read them (laughs) right (laughs) yeah yeah and this is a weird this really is uh the third act of a story this whole book Mm -hmm. there's i don't even i mean look we're not even we haven't even done the cover yet Mm -hmm. but i don't even is there even exposition in this book 
I don't yeah, even think I, they tell you about the the Elfangor or anything. No, there's I have a little bit of a note about that, and we can talk about it right now. But they don't tell you what a Yerk or an Andalite is in this book. Like this, <laughs> if there's any other book that does that, it, it's Megamorphs too. And they, but and they probably tell you what an Andalite is there. I don't know, but like th- hmm. this has got to be. Like, that is rare, right? Like, that just doesn't happen. It's unthinkable. And it really feels yeah. like it, it, this follows right from the last book. I mean, there's... Yeah. I mean, so did the first and second books, but... Yeah, it's shit, shit hit the fan. It's, it's all there for you. They're not holding your hand. I don't... You know, had there been a month since I read the last book, I, I don't... I probably would have been fine, <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is exposition in it. I and I, I actually really like the exposition because it's pretty much all just it's Axe telling Rachel what happened at the end of the last book, and you're like, Oh yeah, I actually wanted to see her reaction to that. So it's like that's fine. Mm. Yeah, I remember it's we made a note about that. that. Okay. Yeah, there's exposition like for this trilogy, but not yeah. for you know, the whole series. Right, right. <laughs> they don't mention Geds. <laughs> I know that's that's my main oh, point against a, this book. Mm, yeah, yeah, I get <laughs> no that. mention of Geds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I I I don't even remember what I said. Yeah, I said it off air, unfortunately, but I I do think I said I think this Maybe. is the darkest book in the series so far. Uh, I'm I'm betting you agree with that. I would a hundred percent agree. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No question. Yeah. If you don't know where we're going somehow because you're a weirdo who never read the series, but some for some reason is listening to two hours of this every week, uh, (laughs) you're in for a ride. There's going to be some shit goes down. (laughs) Yes, it is truly harrowing content. (laughs) Uh, I mean, and throughout, I mean, it starts dark and it ends darker. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, uh, one more point before we jump into the cover here. <laughs> so, interesting point for you here. Uh, looking at this book on Cyropedia, uh, it says, Scholastic released this book on... Oh, oh, it actually says the date. I wrote it right down right here, and I didn't even notice. What? They released it on September 1st. So, it's oh, the first of the month. Wow. Scholastic released this book on September 1st, 1998. The same day they released Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Holy shit. Right? <laughs> so that that can date this for you. We we've got a good idea of when this is uh in the US, existing. I'm assuming. I guess so. That sounds right. Interesting. Interesting. I know I'm pretty sure I didn't really know of Harry Potter until the second book was out, maybe. I think the third had just come out when I started Harry Potter. So, but I also, like I said, my timeline is more confused than yours. I don't know. Like you said, you were actively reading. You, this is when you first really got into Animorphs is around this yes. time. I, I don't, I must have. Yeah. Cause I remember watching the show. So I must have um, been actively into it and to some extent. Cause I think that yeah. also started this same month, right? From what we've seen. That, yes, probably around here-ish. 
We'll have to yeah. check the date on that because I don't know how well they lined up these watch the show logos with the actual show. <laughs> right. Yeah, back then things were a little bit looser. Yeah. They didn't know. I, I know they keep putting that on the books after the show has finished. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that, that, that puts us yeah. in a time and place. It does. And it is worth noting I think we should note that as we as we go forward here, I 100% when I first read this book, I had just turned nine years old. So just wow. keep that in mind when we think about the content of this book. <laughs> that really is because I was I was the same age. Yeah, I can't imagine at nine years old. I, I, I just can't even, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know what a nine-year-old thinks of this book. Yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah, I have difficulty trying to figure that out myself, honestly. Nine is young. It, it is. <laughs> like, I don't, there's something, I feel like nine feels older than eight does for some reason, but and 10 feels like, oh, double digits. That seems significant. But it's not that much different, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's young enough that I have, like, scattered memories, but not a lot of, like, good memories. Like, well-formed, <laughs> I know what this felt like type of thing. Yeah. Well, that is something to keep in mind, that's for sure. Well, who was... I feel like the target audience of these books probably was a little older, more like 12 and 13, but maybe, I mean, they, they were at like the book fairs and stuff in the elementary schools. They, they must've yeah. been sort of for me. Yeah. No, I mean, that's definitely true. I, it was probably a, a range that they, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's get yeah. into this cover. Let's get into this cover. <laughs> we should have a bumper for this. We should be like time to get under the cover. All right, well, I'll have you sing that every time we uh, okay. start the podcast. Okay. <laughs> From now on. Uh, a mistake okay. has been made. His name is David. Damn. Dot, 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 dot. Damn. <laughs> Ominous shit. Yeah. I don't have, I, I never pay attention to these things, these quotes here. I wonder if we'll go back to our regular stupid, like, change happens things when we're out of <laughs> yeah. the trilogy. I'm guessing we will. We won't, we're not going to find that out for a long time from here. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that is true, but I don't actually remember. This is a really great cover. <laughs> it really is. Um, it's Rachel turning <laughs> into a rat. <laughs> yep. Uh, now this is, I should, I mean, I could point it out later in the story, but I could also just say now, this is Courtney the rat. Oh, right. Of course. That's yeah. true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Not to be confused with Courtney Act, the drag performer, but Courtney the rat that they uh, yeah, I in book number nine. Personally, wasn't going to make that <laughs> confusion happen in my brain, but for other people, it's good that you did. Right. Clear that up. You never know. With, it's for the listeners. Yeah, for the listeners. So, yeah, there's just, I mean, the third <laughs> the third and fourth transitions yeah. here are my favorites. Yes. They're quite good. I love that she keeps her, like, 
I don't know what you, manicured eyebrows. What's the word for this? They're like <laughs> touched up all the way into the rat. <laughs> yeah. She looks like an Arthur character. Looks like a little Mr. Rat. Yes. Man. Yes. I it's, agree 100%. And, and even like the third one, I like that she still has the, like the pants <laughs> line. <laughs> <laughs> just hunched over in a weird, impossible way where <laughs> she would just fall over. I guess she is falling over. This is kind of ahead of, yeah, that's right. She's shrinking as they often, or feels like yeah. falling, they always say. Um, this ahead of the curve here, because, you know, on TikTok, it's like a big trend, or at least it was, <laughs> you know, that there's like a filter where it looks like your face turns into a rat. That was a big thing for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're in touch with the Zoomers. You know these things. Yeah, and also if on Syropia, you can see the full art without the title blocking it, and you can see her sneakered feet like forming toes, <laughs> like the sneakers start to separate like those. Jesus. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> it's very strange. I love it. Yeah. They, 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 it's a, it's good that they're not morphing regular clothes in the books. <laughs> I don't want to hear descriptions of the sneaker material blending with my toes. Yeah. Those artificial hooves. Correct. I like to say hooves. I do too. Hooves is much better. God, I'm, this is a this is a this is a top three probably cover it's, for me. It's extremely good. I, I it's also you know with the background here, it's always like clouds mm. on some kind of sky color, but this time it's just white on blue. We've got an actual sky here. Yeah, it's a nice. It complements the white rat <laughs> nicely. Yeah, yeah, it is. That is why. Who decided on clouds for these covers, and they <laughs> stuck with it every single book. Yeah, I don't know. Is it is it the same guy? Is it David Mattingly, the guy who does the inside covers? I does assume he do the main ones yeah. too. Yeah, I think he did all of it. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, I guess he did it. I guess it's his fault. <laughs> yeah, cover artist David Mattingly. Um, all right, so inside cover. Mm-hmm. It's we go from beautiful clouds to a horrible junkyard <laughs> dump <laughs> with mm-hmm. broken bottles and debris and. Detritus construction site. Right. That's what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's sort of Courtney is not a not an abandoned construction site rat. She's built for pampered little cages. (laughs) Yeah, she she's very clearly a little lab rat, pet rat type thing. Yeah, she's not a big, gross, fierce rat. Right. Not scruffy. None of that stuff. No, she's clean. The quote on the inside cover is Hickory Dickory Dock. Hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Dot. No, dot, yes. Uh, That is for mice, I should say. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I was going to say this is is another good one, but no, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Did they just look at this cover art and say, that's probably a mouse? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nobody told him. I mean, right under it, the first that the preview paragraph in here, the first line, I began to change into the rat. They have to have known. <laughs> That's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hickory dickory dog, the uh, rat, right? Uh, yeah, 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 close enough. It's like that a frog basically. and a toad, you know? Can't Nobody really knows the difference anyway. <laughs> they are friends. 
<laughs> rat and mouse are friends. <laughs> I would read that. Mouse Rat was the fictional band from Parks and Recreation. I didn't remember that. Yeah, that was Andy's band. The listeners would have, we would have gotten emails if I didn't mention that, so. Okay. Yeah, thank you for taking care of that. All right. <laughs> so, a great cover, bad quote. What else is new? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty par for the course. <laughs> um, now, I actually, there's a really good dedication here. You're going to like this one. Okay. So here it says, for Jeff Sampson and all his friends. So uh, Jeff Sampson was apparently the uh, webmaster of an Animorphs fan site called Morphs with a Z, like Morph Z. Cool. And all his friends is uh, a reference to anybody else who has made an Animorphs fan site. So really great about this. Jeff Sampson, apparently later on in the series, like when we get to the, when it's about to come to an end, there was a marketing campaign where like the Yerks took over the official Scholastic website. And apparently they tapped Jeff Sampson for that. And he was like in charge of that campaign. Wow. Can you this imagine is... just like you put up a fan site like this is 90s shit, right? And and the <laughs> yeah. actual company is like, oh, man, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is the golden days of the old Internet. Hell yeah. I mean, this would have been this must be pre GeoCities, right? I have I would have been too young to even know when that started. But yeah, I'm sure there probably was maybe not GeoCities, but I'm sure there was, if not Angel Fire, AOL, you could make your own. You could have .aol.com, I'm pretty sure, for mm, free. I think that's true, yeah. So there, because, I mean, when I was a kid, I loved, when I figured out how to, you know, do shitty HTML code <laughs> and make a website, I was yeah. all over that. Uh, now now you have to actually, like, know how to code. Back then, you could just throw a bunch of shit up. People, people loved it. it. I mean, not yeah. to, I, this could, I could do a whole spiel on this, but, man, the good old days of being like, you know what I like is Pokemon, and you could just spend... Like mm-hmm. every, you could spend two hours just looking at different Pokemon fan sites. Yeah. And, and now it's like, I like Pokemon. Well, here's a Reddit. That's fucking yeah. all you got pretty much. No, it sucks. <laughs> CSS was kind of the beginning of the end. Cause that was the start. Like remember back when was like, you don't, like you said, sh- shitty code. You're just, it's pure HTML and it's really basic, and that's fine, because that's what everybody does. You don't need to learn anything extra, and then slowly it became a thing where, like, you kind of had to know what you're doing, and then people became professionals as more and more businesses moved online. Now you, like, actually have to know shit. It sucks. It's bad. Yeah. What Bring a, it what back. Get in the ass. Kick every company off the internet. Destroy <laughs> all social media. <laughs> Except for Blue Sky, which I love now. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite. Hey, yeah, I, hey, Blue uh, Sky on the oh, cover of this oh, book. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> This is the Blue Sky book. Holy shit. I knew that was important to bring up. <laughs> sure was. Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't remember ever really looking at Animorphs fan sites, but I man, I would love to maybe on Wayback Machine or something you can still find some of them. That'd be fun. Maybe that's an episode. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe I can now that I know about this morphs. Uh, site. Yeah, Morphs. All right. Pretty Morphs. cool. Pretty cool to get a dedication that way. Yeah. Okay, Applegate just giving out 
ways for people randos to be in our books. Dedications, you can name a character after them. <laughs> yeah, this is like this seems like it's like peak fan interaction, right? We have two dedications in a row that were some kind of like online. You yeah, know, the creator's aware of you. Yeah, that's pretty. That's on the ground floor of that shit for sure. Yeah. All right. And now, uh, now we're on the ground floor of this book. Yeah, we can uh, actually get started now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it's about almost at the 30-minute mark, so this is about where we should be. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. So, book starts. Uh, Rachel is having kind of like a jokey-style dream about morphing an elephant in a department store. Um, you know, there's some silly shenanigans in her dream. Um, and Axe arrives as a bird and wakes her up and tells her, uh, what happened last book. So as you may recall, you know, David is a traitor. Uh, Jake is fighting him alone. He's in danger. Tobias is missing, uh, presumed dead, though he's, he's hesitant to say that at first. Um, the two of them fly out to David's last known location and, uh, you know, they don't see him there, but they follow speeding police cars over to the mall and they, they see the hole in the skylight. They fly in there and they find Jake the tiger unconscious but alive, bleeding out from his neck wound. Um, so, you know, it could be a trap. So Rachel takes point and starts getting ready for a confrontation. All right. Yeah. Now, this opening mm-hmm. is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get right into it. They do not waste any time. They do not. As you said, pick up where they left off. Yeah, Rachel is pissed. (laughs) Rachel sure is pissed. (laughs) You know, not a a huge (laughs) shift for her. Yeah, there's multiple lines. I mean, even in the dream. Uh, where she's talking about like the the sales lady in her dream. There's a line that I really liked where she says, "I got mad and I shoved her." <laughs> and, <laughs> and that that line right there, <laughs> it feels very like quintessentially Rachel. Yeah, got mad and I shoved her. Yeah, her dream is in her favorite department store, but she doesn't say which one that is. Mm. What do you think? Old Kay Navy? Applegate didn't get the money she needed to do the endorsement. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Uh, and uh, yeah, so again, outside the dream, let's 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 leave yeah. the dream. Yeah, the dream's not that interesting. Yeah, Rachel has a lot of good outrage and and some quality insults that she hurls at David in this mm-hmm. book. She mm-hmm. she calls him a weasel a few times. I think she did that in the last mm-hmm. book too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a great, what a good insult. And then also she she's mid morph, and uh, she gets cut off. She says that weasel, that slimy nerve. I'm trying to figure out what word she was starting to say <laughs> before she morphs. I mean, I. I was looking at that word there too, and I was I was seeing that and just thinking, like, Rachel, you're not a gamer. That's not your word. You can't say that. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> nope. Nope. We're moving right nope. past that. <laughs> moving past that. I don't know if she's trying to say Sorry nerf herder. Mmm. Could be. That's I mean, honestly, it kind of looks like she's just going to call him a nerd, but she she actively uh, says, "I didn't want to have to explain to Axe what the word meant." So it feels like it's a worse word. I feel like she's going to say motherfucker. Could be. Yeah. Oh, God. Slimy motherfucker. All distorted by her beak. 
<laughs> yeah, and th- I mean, okay, there's a, there's a lot here. The, the, yes. The, the sh- I do have to point out, we do get a little bit of a recap, at least of the last book and the current situation regarding world leaders and all that stuff that the Yerks are doing right now. Because mm-hmm. that's all happening in the background. She specifically mentions all the countries that are meeting, forgets Germany. This happens twice in this mm. book. I didn't notice uh, that. <laughs> yes, United States, France, Russia, Great Britain, and Japan. Last book, Germany was in the mix. This book, they apparently are no longer a part of it. They ducked out. <laughs> Maybe has something to do, I don't know, with the title of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, mm. I don't know. I don't I, know. Is it a coincidence? Right, we're getting, we need to record earlier. <laughs> I think we get a little too. It's fine. We're too feisty late at night. No, it's fine. We're doing. People like this. Okay. What else do you like about this opening? Uh, I mean, honestly, I like a lot of stuff here. I, I, one of the things that that you're kind of excited for in a. Maybe excited is the wrong word. No, it's not the wrong word. Is uh, I want to see Rachel's reaction when she thinks Tobias is dead, (laughs) right? Like, how do you how do you not want to see that? So I I like I like Axe being hesitant to say it in the first place because Axe is his shorm. You know, he's his friend, Um, and. You know, we're we're starting to get into, and we'll see it more, and we as we get into the later parts. But we do see some initial reactions from Rachel on Tobias's death. Um, you know, I, I like uh, like right off the bat, we start off with this bit where she goes, uh, "If David had hurt Tobias, I would. What was the point in making threats? I didn't need to make threats. I knew what I would do. So did Jake. That's why he'd sent Axe for me." Um, right, which is this is setting up a running theme that's going to resonate through this book. It is. This is some of the uh, most visible evidence to me that Rachel actually <laughs> cares for Tobias and <laughs> like likes him, to, as mm-hmm. it were. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, you know, I've complained about this in previous books that I feel like that relationship is never at the forefront or far too rarely. Uh, mm-hmm. To the to the point where it sometimes feels like I don't even know if Kay Applegate intended that yet. Like, that's how light I feel like it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there is supposed to be some intention of, like, neither Tobias nor Rachel are good at expressing feelings. Yeah. And, that, that's uh, and my... so, like, but, but, but even then, I, I do agree. You would think you would see more evidence. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's that's how I'm like I'm okay with justifying it that way to an extent. Mm-hmm. But even in this book, once we get past the opening, it's I mean there's a lot to they have to do, so they don't they don't always have time is the problem to get into stuff like this, but uh, it's not like that large of a theme in the book. It's it's really in the beginning part here where she's clearly But what do you not think she would be just as pissed if a different anamorph was dead? I, I don't know if it would be that different. Yeah, I mean, I, clearly I want to say it would be different, but... <laughs> yeah, like, it feels different, but I'm not sure it totally would be. 
Mm-hmm. Certainly if it was Jake or Cassie, if it was Marco, yeah. she'd be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Marco's dead. Eh. <laughs> easy come, easy go. <laughs> Axe, he was kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, it it is a thing where where their relationship is always more explored in the Tobias books than in the Rachel books. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Tobias, a bit of a simp. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah, Super's I don't. Re- Hawk. I feel I don't know how how deep into the mall are we getting? Oh, uh, I mean, we can get into the mall here because um, it comes pretty quick, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just wanted to make sure we had time to talk about all that. Part of the problem is that I was uh, saving time here to talk about the exposition, which we did before the book started. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's how efficient we are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we really didn't start 30 minutes in. It really, we had a, you know, we spread it out a little bit. (laughs) We're we're good. We're good at at podcasting. Right. No, makes sense. Um, So, I mean... Even just when she arrives at the mall, actually, let's eh, we might as well just talk about this now. She she starts taking like charge here, right to some extent. Rachel, yes, does. yes, I, I I noted this as well because we we just had this conversation about mm-hmm. who we think is second in command if Jake's not there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think we said Rachel's probably number two, right? Yeah, yeah, you had gone with Rachel as number two here. And it's that this seems to prove that theory. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a Rachel book. That's the, <laughs> but I think, yeah. I don't know if we said this, but probably the real theory is it's whoever's book it is, is second in command. <laughs> I think that is, uh, that is sort of true, but no, there is, there is going to be some exploration of like Rachel's leadership skills <laughs> going forward, uh, you know, to some extent or other, um, you know, in 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 this point, she she remarks something like, uh, uh, "Well, you know, I kind of figured somebody had to be right." So, and and at this point in the series, that does seem to be Rachel's primary leadership motivation is is you know a drive to action, and it's if nobody living. else is making decisions, then yeah, somebody's got to do it. It's a dirty job. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, and then the first part of what I said, right. Yeah, and I well, yeah. So that's that's kind of fun to see. Now the whole gang isn't really here. No, uh, only Rachel and Axe, right? But and Jake yeah. is missing. Yeah. So Axe is uh, Axe is, is yeah. He's a follower. <laughs> Axe right. is never going to be giving the orders until so, <laughs> unless he is officially promoted. Right. <laughs> he needs that. <laughs> he needs it to be really official. Mm-hmm. He wants to go through the proper channels. Bit right. of a bureaucrat. Kind of a loser. <laughs> kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> I, yeah, I like when she's talking about checking the mall for seven foot tigers, seven foot long tigers, she mentions. And I, I just was glad there were hyphens there because for a second I breezed past it. I thought we we're going to find seven foot long tigers. You I think was, you can get that at Subway? Well, I was, would you rather fight one seven foot long tiger or seven foot long tigers? I'm pretty sure it's the seven foot long tigers any day. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, that's basically just cats. That's <laughs> just cats. Yeah, I mean, cats are nasty, but like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, Attacker's got a little bit more power if it's if it's proportional. Mm-hmm. A little bit, right. probably, it's probably fuck you up more, but uh, there's some big cats out there, so I don't know. That was something <laughs> I noticed. So let's take it yeah. into the mall. It's a good thing to notice, yeah. All right, so, um, so they're there demorphed and uh, looking for signs of David, and they hear a ringing sound from a jewelry store. So Rachel's like, Axe, go out, check that out, and uh, I'll morph and come back you up, but it's a trap. And as soon as Axe leaves, uh, David, as a lion, attacks Rachel because um, he had set an alarm clock to, to drive him off, whatever. Um, you know, Rachel, who's still a human here, she just barely avoids getting fucked up by this line by doing some g- gymnastic shenanigans on, like, the twisted railings. Um, so just to paint a picture, you know how in the malls they have, like, those... Uh, the second floor has like a big hole in the middle that you can see down to the first floor and there's railings all around it, right? So Jake had bent and messed up a bunch of these while he was falling through the skylight. And so she does if, some gymnastic stuff over that. If our listeners were born <laughs> after 30 years ago, they probably don't know. <laughs> but They probably do not know what malls look like. But, right. uh, but anyway, as Rachel she, she, says, basic mall architecture. <laughs> basic mall architecture. Imagine a mall. <laughs> um, anyway, she, she's out there, so she's out there on, like, some scaffolding or whatever the hell, and, uh, and he turns around and leaves. Uh, he doesn't bother trying to chase her. Um, Axe and Rachel can't move Jake, because he's too big, and the police are coming, and they know that they will call Cassie's mom, because she's, you know, the only person who's qualified to deal with a large predator who's injured. Um, so they're like, okay... We'll let her take care of it, but we'll go, we'll, we'll morph into flies and hide in Jake's ear until she gets here to make sure no controllers fuck him up. Um, so eventually they arrive, Cassie's parents, along with Cassie, who is tagged along with them. Uh, Rachel tells Cassie what's up in thought speech, and then she and Tobias, uh, Tobias, she and Axe leave uh, the Jake issue to Cassie and head off to go look for David. Um, and I'm just going to throw this in here now. We are later going to find out that uh, after getting Jake back to the gardens, uh, Cassie gets a moment alone and sneaks like an adrenaline syringe in there, like that scene in Pulp Fiction, and wakes Jake up, and uh, and he demorphs and walks out, and and uh, and her mom's just like, oh shit, the tiger disappeared and reappeared in its enclosure unhurt and is all freaked out. And nobody knows what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We're going, we're going through a lot here. We are going through a lot. There's a fight in the mall. <laughs> yes. There's a there's a big fight and and there's also, you know, there's a lot of David stuff in here yes. too, like the like his words, <laughs> his dialogue. Yes. Yes, and also a lot of fun just like side dialogue from like the cops who show up and stuff. A lot of good things going on in here. Yes, this book really does start off with a bang. It's mm-hmm. it's very exciting <laughs> to get into this one. Yeah. David's really at this point he's not holding anything back. Mm-hmm. It feels very uh, I can only I can only make pedestrian pop culture comparisons because I am but a pleb. But like kind of like Negan on the Walking Dead. <laughs> Or perhaps, if you will allow me, Thanos. This feels like 
I'm not you know, sure this, I'll allow you that one. The series has gone on for a while, and it's like, okay, we need to sh- we need to have a th- an actual threat, and and you do that by bringing someone in who's it's not Vister Three shaking his fist at like an '80s GI Joe villain and, and and going, "I'll get you next time." This guy's like. I'm. I just fucking killed one of you, and I'm gonna fucking kill another one of you, and then I'm gonna fucking kill the rest of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is. This feels to me like the m- most. I mean, they've faced death and violence dozens of times now, but this really feels like the scariest, most real threat. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, it should have been called a threat, this book. <laughs> I mean, that, that and part of that is because there's there are actual stakes, you know, because after all these books, it's like, yeah, okay, but they've never died, right? They've always gotten out okay, and everything's good. At this point, if you, you know, if you don't trust, uh, you know, tropey writing and knowing there's 30 books left to have Tobias survive this, I mean, by all appearances, Tobias is dead. At this point, like he has killed someone and Jake is on the verge of death and could legitimately die here. Yeah. Like this is like, it's, it's close. Yeah. And, and again, and again, this is a guy who, unlike the Yerks, knows exactly who these people are and all that Mm -hmm. stuff has a, has personal vendettas against them. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's really good stuff. And he's going to be morphing if, you know, using his morphing powers to do things like turn into bugs or whatever. You know, Visser 3, you always know when Visser 3 is coming for you, right? You're never going to be surprised <laughs> when he shows up. Uh, but but with David there, and I think Rachel remarks on this at some point where she she says, like, I think I understand why Visser 3 hates us so much. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, oh, because he could literally be anywhere. He could be doing anything. We Like, we just don't know. Yeah, I, I I I thought that was a great <laughs> comment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta get how he feels now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do suck. We're annoying. <laughs> what do you think about David's moral code, which is that he does not plan to kill humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he will only murder them if they're in animal form. Yeah. So I, I remember as a kid you know, calling that out is not making any sense whatsoever. Um, I think it actually does make some kind of sense as an adult. Uh, From the perspective of David is legitimately an actual honest-to-God psychopath. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, if if you take that, then you start getting into this idea of, like, you know, rules about what is acceptable behavior... They're not like that because of some internal sense of ethics or morals or like what feels right or wrong or I would feel guilt. They're like that because that's what you have to do to fit into society, right? The reason you don't kill people is because they put you in jail for that, right? (laughs) So like you can kill an animal. That's fine because it's an animal, you know? And so there's this sort of sense of, you can, you could take it as this sort of sense of like, I'm following these rules because I learned I had to follow rules or else I would be expelled from society. And if you look at it that way, then, then the assumption becomes after like a month of this, he would be killing people because now that he's an animorph, that rule doesn't apply to him. Right. (laughs) Like he would learn very rapidly. Oh, I can shift my thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, it's maybe he would maybe he and Cassie would find some common ground on this one. 
She does. She is okay with morphing animals, but not humans. He's okay with killing mm. animals, but not humans. Yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe David and Cassie have more in common with their moral compass than you would think at first glance. Yeah, I think it makes sense from his logic, and also it's mm-hmm. uh, even aside from the repercussions, it's he's not. Yeah, like, like I think you kind of said this. He's he's not quite ready to take that step into full on. He's still kind of lying to himself that it's not real murder. There's he's putting a wall between the act mm-hmm. and his himself. It's mm. allowing him to do it. No, yeah, you don't I think. think? That- that's, well, no, no, no. I, I think that's that's pretend, that's a reasonable read. I just I don't think that's exactly what I'm okay. saying. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, just... I, I'm I'm saying more like more like he he has the, he does these that like he's not he wouldn't care about being a murderer. He does not care about crossing that line. He just doesn't cross it because he learned you're not supposed to. There are certain rules you can't mm. break. I see. And yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is just like a habit that he has built up from having to exist as a human being in society. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I see. I, I think you could you could read it the other way too, but there there do come points here where that be, starts to become a very charitable reading of David because <laughs> like she she very clearly does write him as like completely <laughs> devoid of any kind of like actual human empathy. You know what else kind of reminds me of is uh, one of the best TV shows, Dexter. Hmm. Yes, you watched all eight seasons of that. I did nine now, actually. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, the big thing on Dexter is like, oh, he's a serial killer, but he's a good guy. So, like, who's the the scariest the scariest villain? Like, he's always like, oh, the cops are going to get me, right? But mm-hmm. when the shit got real, is when another serial killer like finds out his identity. Which mm-hmm. ends up happening like every fucking season, <laughs> but <laughs> but when it first happens, it's like oh shit, and that's kind of like I feel like that's analogous to this. It's like this is someone on their level. It's a mm. different. It's a different kind of threat. I don't know. I wish I could uh, articulate why I think it's so cool without comparing it to other shitty <laughs> media. <laughs> but I do. There, I do really love this type of villain. I think it's very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's certainly yeah. effective here. <laughs> yeah. Do we really think what they really call Cassie's mom? Is she who they're going to and not like just animal control or, or the zoo itself? Um, I mean, they might not call her directly, but they it, it would get to. I think I think it is correct to think it would get to Cassie's mom. Okay. Right. Like it like it goes up like I think the, the cops that stumble on the tiger are just like, I'm going to call the department chief because I don't know who the hell to call. And the department chief is probably like, uh, who the hell has a tiger that might have escaped? I better call gardens management. And then the gardens management was like, one of our tigers mm. is in the mall and it's bleeding out. Better call Cassie's mom to transport it. <laughs> like, I think that sense. chain makes sense, right? Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, uh, no. maybe I'm. <laughs> no, no, no. That that, that okay. makes sense. That makes sense. And maybe like she's the only one who's awake. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how things work. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, so I mean, this is one of those points where I think the series it could use some alternate perspectives because I would love to see these chapters written from Cassie's mom's perspective. <laughs> She gets the call at 4 a.m., you know, and she's got to rush in and get this tie and then it disappears and it's like, what the fuck is going on? 
some other big cat seems to have attacked it, but there is no other big cat. It's good. It would be fun if she started to have suspicions about, like, wait a minute, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That, it could be a fun angle to play up. Yeah. Or even Cassie, right? Because Cassie has to, like, overhear that there's a tiger that the ti- and be like, wait a second, that might be Jake. And then be like, hey, Mom, can I tag along? And then she's got to figure out a time when nobody's in the room and she's got a safe minute. I, there's cool yeah. stories to be told with that, I think. Yeah, but nope, one person per book. <laughs> That's the rule. <laughs> that is the rule, so. Not allowing for that. There's, I mean... There's some really, we see the start of some of the introspective Rachel stuff in this section. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we want to save it until she starts to kind of address it more directly with Jake. Uh, I think there's some points here that I do really want to, because there's a specific sentence in her introspective part here that I really love, because it it comes back to something we've talked about earlier, where she, yeah, she's musing and she says, uh, um, I was going to hunt him down and destroy him. No, not destroy. That was a weasel word. It was vague and meaningless. I was going to kill him. And and this is this is great, right? Like, this is just K.A. Applegate saying, like, I know what the convention for a kid's book is. I know what you're supposed to do. Fuck that. We are throwing that out. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I remember I, I highlighted this line because, yeah, we specifically talked about how that was kind of a thing yeah. in kids' shows. So, yes, (laughs) I love that. In book 19, which deals with like extremely heavy themes like this, they do resort to using the word destroy a lot. Not in this one. Yeah, no, it's it's great. She's just like, fuck this. I'm going to kill him. Do you understand? Yeah. Kill. He'll be dead. (laughs) Murder. (laughs) No, Rachel is completely and totally cognizant of what she's going to do. She's not justifying it or... (laughs) whitewashing it whatever this this 14 year old girl is going to take his life yes no a hundred percent let's never lose sight of the fact that these are children yeah rachel barely passed bat mitzvah age (laughs) this is what the expertise we need you in here for yeah and yeah and then and we start to get more into she she very quickly picks up on the fact that Jake has chosen her for this mission specifically. Yes. And it's, I think, a great angle for her at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe the part that, like I said, I don't know, feels like that's it's just going to come up again more later. So maybe it's, I don't know if it's. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think it's worth noting that it's, you know, we're, we're starting this theme now. But yeah, there will be some more like in-depth exploration of that idea as we go on that, that Jake called for her specifically and she's not sure how she feels about it, but also she knows he's right. Right. (laughs) I think you mentioned um, the cops having some fun dialogue. Oh yes. Yeah. Normally I don't like cops, but I like these cops a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the controller cops, there's some that they're like, Hey, maybe we don't need to tell Visitor three about this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. That reminded That's me great. of no need to report that to him until we have something to report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's that? good. <laughs> you know, you've got to feel for the poor the two controller cops out here. Like 
Mr. Three is not going to accept that that no one else out here was on our side and we didn't have a good angle to get in there and kill that tiger. (laughs) (laughs) He will kill us if it's not dead. Yeah, absolutely. That sure is shooting is a tiger, he also says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somebody says. Yeah. Uh, what the? That's a tiger. Frank, that's a tiger in the mall. <laughs> sure is shooting's a tiger. <laughs> yeah, what is, why are they talking like this is out in the sticks? <laughs> it's like <laughs> fucking Orange County or whatever. <laughs> Sheriff and his deputy showed up. <laughs> Andy Griffith is the local cop. All right. Uh, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am imagining them now. Mm-hmm. Zandy Griffith and um, <laughs> Barney. What the hell did Don Knotts play? What was his name? Barney. Barney Five. Barney. Yeah. Thank you, Barney Five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> imagining <Yep>. them. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So uh, this is yeah, this is a big. It's it's a great opening. The mall is a great setting for all this. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, just to me, I mean, I, I tore through this book. I, I was yeah. just like, I'm every, every book, every page is a Turner. Yeah. hundred percent. I was like, the mall here. is Tina yeah. in this book is what I was saying. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I was saying that too. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the mall here, it, it's kind of similar is to Ted in this book. The Burger King in book 20 is like this, this weird liminal space, but she, um, she goes out of her way to point that out here. Like, like in this, she goes out of her way to say like, this is the mall. It should be a familiar space, but it's not. It's like dark and empty and no one's here and there might be a lion. It's good. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of get, sometimes I get Jumanji vibes from Animorphs. (laughs) Oh yeah. We should. Oh yeah. Okay. We're rewatching Jumanji. I'm point. talking about the original, of course, not uh, yeah. Welcome to the Jungle or Jumanji right. 2016 or whatever. That didn't even occur to me. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, I thought it might. I just wanted to make sure. And not Zathora either. Okay. Uh, before we move on, I just want to highlight one thing here that I quite liked. I don't, I can't tell if you would love this or hate it. Um, <laughs> when uh, Rachel asks, Acts how long Jake has been in Morph, and he says, I can only approximate, I believe it has been about 32 minutes. And uh, Rachel says, that's your idea of approximate 32 minutes? And Axe says, maybe as much as 35 minutes. I don't really, I don't know that I have love or hate feelings towards that in either direction. <laughs> okay, maybe not. I loved that. Axe, yeah, I, was... I like Axe being silly. Axe, see, that's the thing is Axe is often at his funniest when he's just being a normal Andalite and not when he's trying to joke. Yeah, that's true. He's funny. I mean, I'm always going to like a little Axe banter, it, especially yeah. there aren't, there's not too many uh, moments of levity in this book. So that's <laughs> that, true. That's about as funny as this book gets. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right uh so so rachel and axe are heading out from the mall right they left it to cassie and they are gonna go over and get marco to help them track down david um but when they fly in to marco's room he hits axe with a baseball bat because it's not marco it's david and morph marco is tied up and in the closet because you know david only kills animals so he didn't kill marco he just Mm -hmm. whatever but he's hit axe with a baseball (laughs) bat now and uh axe being incapacitated david turns into his golden eagle and comes out for rachel too 
Um, now, Rachel being an owl and it being nighttime, she could easily get away here, but she doesn't. Uh, instead, she tries to lead him into a trap where he'll f uh, fly into some power lines. Like, she is actively trying to finagle a way to get him killed here. Um, but just before she can pull it off, he catches her, and uh, he's about to kill her when... Uh, who shows up to save the day? Tobias. <gasps> Tobias sweeps in and he knocks David off her. And the day is saved. Uh, and I should note that David does not realize that this is Tobias who rescued Rachel here. Um, it's what not clear when this is written, but it'll immediately become clear that he still doesn't know Tobias is alive. Yeah. Wh what does he? I guess he's just not paying attention. Like he just doesn't yeah. see that. Yeah, like it's dark, oh. another bird hit me, it's some other morph. Well, anybody, yeah, any of them could turn into a hawk, potentially. Yeah. Like, that could be an osprey that he wouldn't, it's dark, yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I, I can sort of buy it. I honestly didn't even think about that. <laughs> I only thought about it because it comes up, there's yet another moment where it's like, and then this only works because David thinks Tobias is dead and it should reveal Tobias to him, but it doesn't. Mm. Yeah, well, here's, but. here's a logistical question about how things work. Mm -hmm. that I'm wondering about. She sees what she thinks is Marco, but is actually David and Morph. Mm -hmm. She uh, thought speaks to him. Mm -hmm. mm. So is she, does thought speech operate on, like, does she think of Marco and it goes to the real Marco? Clearly not. In this instance, yeah. she, it, she's sending it to who she can see. But but in other instances, when they're not in the vicinity, she thinks of Marco and Marco gets it, the message. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a little, it seems like a little bit of a... It's not consistent. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I almost feel like that should be the giveaway. Like, it shouldn't, he shouldn't hear her. Yeah. Marco should hear her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's that, unconscious. That would make more sense. But that's fine. Now, now there's another giveaway. It's not Marco because uh, Rachel says that when Marco sits up, she says, he didn't smile or leer. <laughs> there, I mean, that right there. Can't Marco's be Marco. always leering. <laughs> that's right. The, why does he never use that morph? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> And there's another, again, just more of this uh, eerie, creepy shit from mm -hmm. David when he, he holds his fingers up one at a time to, like, indicate how many Animorphs he's killed at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That is, like, that's really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> what no, a 100%. great image. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah, and there's there's a good little cinematic scene right after he does, like, before he goes eagle, there's, like, he's, like, demorphs from Marco into David as he steps back into the shadows. So you can, like, <laughs> imagine his features becoming David's face just as it's obscured from view. It's a good little visual. He's very, very creepy. Yeah, he's <laughs> a creep. He's, he really, like, if this were a movie or, or you somehow mm -hmm. took the idea of david in like a standalone movie I, he, he's a villain he's up there with some yeah. of the scarier like horror movie <laughs> killers we're gonna get to it there there is a part in this book that i have in my notes listed as this is just some straight horror movie shit yeah he's, he's so. like he's like mike myers or something michael myers yeah you know, I, <laughs> I know what you mean yeah you know what i mean Right. <laughs> awesome David's powers. like, behave, Rachel. Okay, that was not even, I half-assed that so much. Like, 
<laughs> barely even qualifies as an impression. Good enough. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, <laughs> I think it would be funny if we just didn't say anything else uh, for the rest. I A couple of things that I liked here, like little minor things. I like how Rachel says, like, I'm done walking into traps, and then they just immediately walk into another trap. <laughs> uh, me thinks her perception score was not high enough. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I like when Rachel realizes she's going to die, and she's terrified not of dying, but of losing. I think that's a very Rachel moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dying is losing. <laughs> that is true. It's game over. Um... I like the idea that uh, if Marco's tied up in the closet, he could have just morphed Spider to escape. So this implies to me that he was like, it's too late for this nonsense and just went back to bed. (laughs) I thought he was unconscious. Uh, That could be too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, doesn't that, I thought it was implied he he hit him Uh, with a bat or something. You're probably right. I just thought it'd be funny if Mark was like, oh, yeah, yeah, tie me up. I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe he came to a little early and was like, eh, I haven't gotten a good sleep in a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't um, need to talk about the, you know, the cliche, I suppose, of how head trauma is never taken seriously in <laughs> in fiction. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if he if he legit was like fading in and out of consciousness with a concussion all night, then I guess it was taken seriously here. Yeah, yeah, that could be true. Yeah, um, there is. I mean, one thing one thing about this section, and this comes back to again, we're talking about Rachel and Tobias here. It would have been nice to see a little more of a reunion here. Right. Like there's lots of like descriptions of Rachel having like ice in her veins when she thinks of Tobias's murderer. But then when Tobias actually shows up, she's like, Tobias. And he's like, yep, it's me. What'd you think I was dead or something? Chapter end. Move on to the next scene. <laughs> yeah, right? that's, like, a, that's exactly my problem. It, it, it's it, you start to get that feeling in the beginning. And then the second Tobias comes back, it's just, yeah, it's business as usual. She only wants knows what she wants after it's gone. Yes. She's back <laughs> which, to taking him for granted now. Which, again, it's like, that. if that were more uh, part of the text intentionally, yeah. then it would work really well. But I don't think it really is. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's got, You can generously read it that way, but it is a little generous. I mean, nothing will ever stop me from shipping Rachel and Tobias, but, you know. I agree. Rachel I, and I Mark all the way. <laughs> now... <laughs> Uh, yeah, also, we also talked about last book. I think it, maybe it would work better if they played up an angle of David uh, of feeling like the, this was partially the Animorphs' fault, but we didn't really think it was, right? Didn't we say it was more, it really is kind of David's faults? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on both sides of that issue. Like, I, I think that that the fact that they get into a confrontation where there is fighting and potentially killing like, I do think the Animorphs' actions kind of force that on David. and yeah, well, He makes that point. Yeah, he does. I also, though, think that, like, it's very, like, if that were really the case, David would be putting less effort into killing all of them and more effort into, like, fighting and maybe, if he has to, killing one of them to get away and then just being like, I am out of this state, I am never going to be found again, Right. But he's not. He's a psychopath. And so, like, the <laughs> fact that this continues and escalates, like, that is just 100% on David. 
Um, <laughs> and again, talk about this a little bit more at the end of the book, but I said last time, and now you kind of know what I mean. If if this were 100% the Animorphs' fault, and David was like actually innocent at the start, the this series would end with the Animorphs being just like outright fucked up monsters. <laughs> <laughs> right this trilogy here like this is that that you would not be able to do 30 books after this they still might be i don't know well we can discuss it <laughs> yeah i mean yeah no it's 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 worth this it's a turning point for sure um it's a turning point i i, I will say this too about david mm-hmm. it's i think i think the fact that this is a rachel book colors <laughs> how how you see him Mm-hmm. To at least a little, I mean, he is definitely very <laughs> evil at this point. <laughs> but I do think, were this a Cassie book, you would feel worse. You would be a little bit yeah. more pitying David than hating David. That is true. Yeah, I mean, so, but we can talk about this next scene because there's there's a little bit of like Cassie understanding David in this upcoming section, and you. Every, every it's like every time Cassie talks to David in this book, you, you get like just this flash of vulnerability from David, and then he goes back to being himself. Like she definitely does mm. get it. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Rachel gets home from all this chaos and fighting and uh, potential murder. She gets home five minutes before her mom comes into her room to wake her up for school because they got school the next day. <laughs> um. So Rachel goes to school on no sleep, uh, and at lunch all the Animorphs go and sit down together. They usually don't, but they're all too sleepy and grumpy to deal with it. Um, And as they're sitting there at lunch, uh, David, morphed as Marco, uh, shows up at their lunch table. Um, He wants the blue box, he wants the Escafil device, and he, uh, because, as Cassie rightly surmises, he wants to trade it to Visser 3 for his parent, to get his parents back, right? Um, so once, you know, they have this conversation, once David realizes that they're not going to give him the blue box, he says, all right, well, fuck it. I'll just turn you into Visser 3 instead. I'll tell him I know where the Andalite bandits live. And he gets up to leave. Rachel gets up to go after him. Very important detail going forward. Uh, Cassie tries to stop Rachel from going after David. And Jake says, like, says, no, no, let her go. So Rachel goes after David and... Um, if you think that Rachel handles this in a mature and reasonable fashion, uh, where they have a a heart-to-heart discussion, then you would be wrong. Uh, because what Rachel actually does here is she slams David up against a wall, jams a fork into the side of his head, and tells him that if he sells them out to Visser 3, she will spend her last days alive tracking down and murdering his family. (laughs) I think it's reasonable. Yeah. I mean... It's reasonable. Again, (laughs) these characters are 14. That is hammered home by the fact that this takes place in, like, a school courtyard just outside the lunchroom. (laughs) Yeah, you have this... It's another one of these great scenes when characters kind of are forced into a standoff because they are in a position where they can't just kill each other like David specifically mm-hmm. has chosen this arena because he knows yeah. they can't touch him here yeah I, th- I do like when when Rachel says I don't need a morph to kick your ass that was good <laughs> but <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. Again, it's just uh, D- David's great. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fun guy. <laughs> and yeah, the Ra- this whole Rachel thing is very. Uh, has Rachel always been this angry? I do think she's gotten worse as the books have progressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rachel has had a progression. She was not like this in book two. 100%. No, no. Like she was, uh, she was kind of a little maybe, I don't even know if she was cranky to begin with. <laughs> she was just kind mm-hmm. of, <laughs> it, 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 was, it is a very gradual but believable progression, which, you know, maybe you could uncharitably say is, not knowing who that character was yet, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, it feels like a, a a reasonable through line from her being a normal kid to her now just being a ball of fucking rage, which she has been before. But this is obviously the tipping point. Yeah, and, and um, yeah, going like I, I, it is one of those like intentional or not. If you were to remake this series, you would do it the same way. You would have this gradual progression where. Like, you didn't quite notice that she was angrier than last time until this book, where the whole point is that, like, and this is something we'll see a little bit more of later, but we start to see it in the scene. Uh, All of the other characters already know who Rachel is. They already know that she's Mm. this ball of rage and violence, and she's barely got herself together. But Rachel's not really aware of that. And in this book, she's kind of coming to terms with the fact that that is true, and everyone knows that that's true. Yeah, there's a, um, a, a lot yeah. in this book that's kind of about, we'll see, David kind of does it more directly later on, but mm-hmm. it feels almost a little meta of like, we're at a point in the series where we can step back and the characters can start to more directly confront their places in the group and who they are and almost deconstruct it a little bit, mm-hmm. which is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's some some neat little character like the the beat where Cassie, because and it does come up with with Rachel's feelings toward Jake that that he's specifically telling her to go after David here. But I like that the beat where Cass like it's very interesting, right? That that Rachel gets up to go and threaten David. Cassie knows exactly what she's doing and is like trying to save Rachel here. Like she's not doing this for David's sake when she's trying to stop Rachel. A hundred percent, she is trying to save Rachel. But also interestingly. When Jake's like, no, no, let her go do it. Let her go destroy herself to destroy Rachel because I'm the leader and I make choices like that. Um, Cassie listens to him. She's like, okay, you are the leader. Uh, like that, there's there's some fun little, like a little microcosm of Cassie's hypocrisy going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's interesting. Good. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't, yeah, you know, I'm just pro Cassie all the way now, so I... Just feel that she's always kind of in the right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I agree actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this it's really this almost is again the ending. We're really gonna get into it more, but mm-hmm. it's almost if anyone, this feels to me like even though she's not really that front and center. Especially, obviously, compared to mm-hmm. Rachel, I feel like Cassie is kind of the secondary. I don't know. She has the most interesting. Yeah. There's very few, but there's some significant bits for her in this book. Yeah, yeah, and this is, you know, I'd, I'd said before we're gonna see if we think this plays out over the series well or not. Because I'm I'm curious what you think about. It. But like this this, this particular um, trilogy 
does try to set up this like kind of like Cassie the manipulator angle, right? Like we've done all this time exploring Cassie the hypocrite, and now we're kind of <laughs> doing Cass- like. It, would you say that it that is an uncharitable reading of what she does here? Because it, it kind of is, right? Like this whole like she's coming up to David, she's trying to humanize herself with him and sympathize with him to make him kind of back off. Um, but like she knows what she's doing and she's trying to get him to act a certain way. And like there's a line there. I don't know, but it it feels like they're trying to do that. And it is worth noting that since this series was one of my first introductions to the series, that was one of my first introductions to Cassie. I mean, I did read book four first, which is a Cassie book, but um, that that idea of Cassie, the manipulator, is very strong in my mind. It's probably stronger than it is in the series. Yeah, I was going to say, it's at least from this these books, mm-hmm. you can definitely read that there, but you have to kind of try. Like, I don't think if, if, mm-hmm. if I wasn't doing this podcast, <laughs> I would almost not even... I would just kind of, cause it's, it's like a few paragraphs, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. really not dwelt on dwelt. Sure. Whatever. Too sure. much. <laughs> yeah. I want to see how it plays out. Cause just cause like I said, I, I, I do know that's, you know, when it's your first impression and you were nine years old, it kind of buries its way in there. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, but I like that idea. I think that's mm-hmm. a, yeah, there's something there. A frightening angle to explore for her. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So it's a fun little lunch scene. Yeah. Uh, fun little lunch. Let, let's read this line. I'm not going to talk, but we'll talk about it later, but it's this will set up for later. Uh, just fun little lunch scene. <laughs> As for Jake, I found myself filled with a terrifying surge of pure, utter hatred for him. I couldn't begin to explain it, explain it, but I swear at that moment, I hated Jake far more than I did David. Yeah. We can talk about that later. But. You know who I, re- I think, really, she hates herself. I mean, yes. Even, more, I mean, than, that's even true. more than Jake. Like She's projecting her anger at herself onto Jake. I mean, yes. That, that is what she's doing. In that I'm same a, bit, a she says, like, point. I couldn't face what he knew about me. Yeah, I'm just, you're just, can you just act like I said something smart and insightful, please? You did. Thanks. I just already knew it, because I'm also very smart and insightful. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess. <laughs> All right. So, remember that Marriott thing with the right. world leaders? Oh, yeah, right, yeah, the plot. <laughs> yeah, that... That's still happening, and, and like, the meeting's today, so they do have to deal with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is their last chance, so, uh... I think Germany's there, or no? I think they ducked out. I, I think that they had enough after all the weird fire alarm getting pulled shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. Yeah, they decided, fuck the Middle East, they're not interested in peace <laughs> over there. They're like, wait a minute, what are we... We got bratwurst to worry about. <laughs> That's what they thought, yeah. <laughs> they got their sour. Oktoberfest you know? is coming up in a month. What are we doing here? We gotta go. <laughs> That's what I would be like. <laughs> All right. See, there's another stereotype so, about the Germans that I can employ that's not as offensive. <laughs> yeah, that one's good. They gotta put on their later hosen. <laughs> yeah, the Germans will love this. Yeah. <laughs> they uh all right, so we have a quick aside, a fun little aside at Rachel's house where she gets out of babysitting duty by, you know, whatever. She's like, <laughs> oh, your babies, and Jordan complains. Um, anyway, 
they they get to the barn to plan they assume that david is spying on them so jake outlines like a fake plan that's basically the same thing they did last book uh but then in thought speak tells them the real plan uh this is another one of those times where we don't learn the plan ahead of time we find it out as it happens um so they head out to the gardens to pick up some unspecified as of yet unspecified morphs for this secret plan and then they fly out to the ocean it's like storming you know thunder and lightning hurricane tidal waves um and they go dolphin to approach the store the store to approach the shore oh boy i'm losing it it's too late, late at night day. For me. <laughs> i know i'm an old man it's past my bedtime um but uh there's some shenanigans in the water uh I don't know, you know, but they're they're heading out to this thing. I, there's a lot that happens here, but I don't have a ton to say about this part. But I do want to make sure we get this covered before we they actually get there and enact their Marriott plan. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Well. First, I do think the the whole idea of having this plan secretly in thought speech that's pretty smart. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 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 tricking him. Into, into yeah. hearing it all that's all that is pretty good <laughs> yeah and and it's interesting because it is also just like they're not even trying to fool david it's just like yeah he'd probably show up and be a piece of shit and fuck up our plan if we so just just so he doesn't know <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah a little i wonder it's kind of maybe confusing for them to kind of have two conversations at once but <laughs> they they made it work. I guess you didn't have to, don't have to have them at the same time. I guess you could just have the fake one and then one person. Yeah, just they, I think they did it that way, but I don't remember if she explicitly said that or not. And the ocean scene, I do think is a cool, dramatic scene. It mm-hmm. certainly is the, of all the things that happen in this book, the least impactful. <laughs> yeah. It's I, just kind of there to add more action. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about, like, there is a cool bit where Rachel's, like, trying to morph Dolphin, but it's dark and storming, and she's drowning and swimming down instead of up, and Cassie has to rescue. And it's like, this is one of those scenes, if this were just, like, a standard book where, like, this was our plot of the week where they get up to some wacky adventure, this this scene would have been really cool. But here it's kind of just like, yeah, 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 but we have a we have a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, it like is for once. Yeah, like it is cool. It's just there's yeah. just so much going on that it's like if you had to pick a scene that you don't care about as much. I I think it's worth noting uh Rachel says that it's practically Hawaii-sized surf. So uh any yurks reading this book can cross that one off the list of states they think the Animorphs might be hiding in. Mm, yeah, makes sense. Makes she wouldn't. Sense. She wouldn't mention that. That you just say like our surf that we always have. Yeah, we the Yerky boys will cross that off of our suspected <laughs> I have, locations. I have a big spreadsheet of a bulletin board with all the threads and the post-it notes, and I'm like, yeah. Personally, I'm leaning toward Abu Dhabi. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, because that time Normal showed up in the post. I was I was thinking about the time that uh, they sh- they shipped f- uh, Fluffers McKitty to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do we do get like one of our only uh, good Marco bits here. Oh, uh, which one? The frog one? Yeah, the frog. Everybody's <laughs> trying to get Marco to tell jokes to make sure he's not David. 
Yeah, and he's like, "All right, that's a, can I stop having to make jokes? I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna screw something up, and you're gonna try to kill me." <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah. I, 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 it's always fun to have their little barn scene stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so they do their actual plan, which is it's a good thing this is a Rachel book. <laughs> um, it's a great plan. All right, so so a great plan. Uh, while they're still hidden in the surf, uh, Jake and Marco morph rhinos and everyone else morphs elephants. Um, they don't really have the time to do this the right way. So instead they are just going to say, fuck this whole thing. They are going to run in there as rhinos and elephants, and they're just going to tear down the fucking resort. Um, just rip the whole thing down and then they'll have to cancel the summit and everyone will go home and the Yorks won't be able to infest anyone. So, uh, they charge up the beach. They start smashing the resort buildings. Um, you know, the hum- puny human pistols, you know, they don't do anything. Haha. Um, there's a really good scene where they bust in on a guy who is probably Boris Yeltsin. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, was, his, I wasn't sure who that was supposed to be. Okay. okay I, I assumed so, but he's it's some leader of one of these countries he's in his underwear he is drunk off of some clear alcohol presumably vodka and uh, his security come in to try to shoot them and and he's like hold on hold on and gestures for them to leave and they're like all right and leave and he loves it he thinks it's great that feels (laughs) russian to me i don't know but here's (laughs) my question not to interrupt you oh go ahead (laughs) but rachel recognizes him no, I'm like, you know, I'm a dummy who doesn't pay attention to news or world politics, but this this 14-year-old like knows who foreign leaders are, knows what they look like and stuff when she runs into him. I don't know. Yeah, that is a weird question. I mean, if you're taking the leaders of those countries at that time and it's not the president of the United States, then I guess right. it's like the the second most recognizable who no 14-year-old is going to recognize ever, well, let, would still I, be Boris Yeltsin. Let's say uh, she. we knew this mission was happening. She probably did some research about mm. who the leader... They, they Yeah, they had to know who was going to be at this meeting because they think they're controllers. So it makes sense okay. she would research it. So it could have been anybody here. I guess yeah, it could maybe. have been Japan, too, because it's like it could have been sake. All we know is he was speaking a foreign language. That's all we know. Helpful. <laughs> Uh, anyway, at this, at this point, they, uh, they've been shot up enough that they're like actually legitimately hurt. So they're like, all right, we've done enough damage and they leave, but not before they see, or Rachel at least runs into, um, Tony, Visser 3 and Morph and, uh, and she's like, haha loser. And he's like, I'll get you Andalites. <laughs> so they've succeeded. <laughs> they've, they've stopped the Marriott plan. There's no other Congrats. convention centers or hotels that they can move it to. I don't know. I would have canceled this summit. Yeah, no, <laughs> I would not I, no, have moved it. You're right. I, I do think. I do think it. I joke. I joke, <laughs> but I think it's valid. I, now I know we've said numerous times that we've felt that this this plot is maybe should have been, if not excised completely, slimmed down, or at least moved mm-hmm. because there's so much happening. But at this point in the trilogy, I do appreciate the contrast of the complexity of this entire scenario with David, because it really drives home just, it, you know, it, it makes me, it, it's a very Marvel esque thing to me, very Spider-Man where like, not only do you have, I mean, in this case they have two 
world threats facing them at once. And they still got to go to school and babysit their little sisters. I just like how exhausted they are at this point. Like their K applicate is really just unloading. There's no breaks for these animorphs. It's not like it's David. And then we go to sleep. It's like, no, no, no. You have everything is continues to happen. It's we're not, we're not stopping. We're not letting up. Yeah, I believe about 48 hours ago in the threat, Jake said something like, I didn't have time to sleep tonight. I could sleep when this was over. Little did I know, I would not be getting any sleep in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very good. Which I assume was n- is not literal. I assume they get some sleep, but <laughs> I don't know. I think this so, I am pretty sure that so far the only time Jake has been unconscious was when he was a tiger and he was dying. <laughs> he loved that. That was his peaceful time. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's it's good this is i feel like this scene would be hard to write if this weren't a rachel book right like if this were a marco or a cassie book like what would you even do here marco Uh, would have to wisecrack the entire time i don't even know what you would do with like what's cassie thinking when you go through this (laughs) <laughs> it'd be more, I mean, it'd be, Jake would be more about the, the strategy of it, and mm, like mm. directing everybody where they're going to go. Right. Well, like it, there's where the fences are. There's the perimeter. Yeah. They, I mean, they can focus on the property damage rather than the people. Right. So that's yeah. kind of, yeah. I mean, it is worth noting that in this section, Jake has to remind Rachel to try not to kill anyone on purpose. <laughs> yeah. It's like, these are <laughs> she's probably absolutely gonna, <laughs> It's it's it is a terrific visual, <laughs> just. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so funny to. It's like how are the, I think they say how are they going to rationalize this? <laughs> yeah. For, oh, and also, I mean, it's important to note that now a bunch of people have elephant morphs, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, I, I, it it's so common that characters get morphs and then it never comes up ever again. <laughs> right. I, I bet this does situationally come up again in ways that I don't quite remember. Um, but like, you know, it's like, Hey, Jake got to use his rhino morph again. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's kind of yeah. neat. It's not, Jake wasn't like, I really need uh, for this job, a hippo. Let me hit the zoo yeah. up real quick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's fine. I got it. <laughs> Yeah, so that that all that all works out. Uh, I do wonder how many bullets can an elephant withstand, really? Probably like ry- quite a few. Is their skin that thick compared to like a rhino too? I don't I don't know. Like yeah, like skin and she so says you, you re- four I mean, bullets you- hit her in the head. <laughs> they make elephant guns. Elephant guns are designed to kill elephants because regular rifles would not do it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Back in like the 1800s or whatever. Um, yeah, no, you, I don't know how many, and then there does come a point here where they're like, all right, my leg took so many shots, it doesn't really work anymore. They tore it up. But like you, you could shoot it. If you shot a pistol at an elephant, that ain't doing shit. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, I guess- mean, you gotta, you gotta think here, right? Imagine how terrifying, like, war elephants were back in, like, Roman days, right? When all you had was a spear. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, you know, like, you know, like, Hannibal brought war elephants or whatever. Can you you imagine being some guy who's never seen this thing before? You've no idea what this thing is, and it 
you know, this yeah. fucking multi-ton monster from like mythology <laughs> who's like screaming at like 120 decibels, literally invulnerable is coming at you. It does give you some perspective uh, as to why people might have thought dragons were real. <laughs> it's like, yeah. if there's elephants, yeah, why the fuck not? There could be dragons. Yeah. This shit's crazy. <laughs> elephant is way crazier than a dragon. I've seen a lizard before. I ain't seen nothing like an elephant. <laughs> that is that is pretty fair to say, yeah. Um, you know what a phalanx is? Yes. Oh. Well, that was my I mean, maybe I don't know specifically. I only vaguely know if you have a precise definition. Oh, well, it's a body of troops or police officers standing or mowing in close formation. Yeah. I only knew the name of the Super Nintendo game Phalanx, which is a, a, a arcade shooter that's only notable because they put a guy playing a banjo on the cover that has nothing to do with the rest of the game. Yeah, no, the, the Phalanx was a, like, game changer for, like, ancient Greek warfare, where they were like, hold on a second, if we put our shields in front of each other, or, like, and we get a bunch of guys, and they stand close, then they, like, can't hit us through that. Yeah, yeah, I see that's back, in the definition here, actually, yeah. Yeah, back when, uh, back when war was so simple that you could have an idea like that, and it would be a game changer, because <laughs> somehow nobody had fucking thought of this before. <laughs> yeah well anyway it was a it was a i was like oh that's a good word in there i didn't i didn't yeah. really know what it meant so we gotta have our words of the book yeah phalanx was good i liked that mm, yeah the whole scene is just great i mean it's great i love that visor three just gets fucked at the end <laughs> yeah it's good he gets to shake his fist and everything oh i also- like i l- you you yeah. were mentioning earlier uh like the chaos of this whole sequence i do like the contrast of um like, I, I think just how simple this is, where they just go in and break it, I think that contrasts nicely against how convoluted and wild the other two books were. Um, like, maybe you could tone it down a bit and make them make more sense, but they are a little bit better in hindsight now that I'm not reading it and I'm just reflecting back on how, like, convoluted it was, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a very, it's just, things are, we cut to the point of it now. <laughs> yeah, is, now we're done. Um, I also, also, I, I, I don't know. I want to explore the fact that Rachel get sent some thought speech Visser three's way. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't do that often. They, they try not to do that. And now I don't know if this is the first time I know once or twice other Animorphs have done this to Visser three, but so Visser three at this point knows presumably that at least one of the bandits is female. Because when you thought speak, you still hear their voice, right? In your head. Yeah, you would think, like, they recognize each other. So I wonder if that's, obviously it doesn't, but I I would wonder if that would raise any alarm bells because, as we've seen, there aren't really any female Andalite warriors. Or if he would even think anything of that. You would think he would remark on that, where he'd be like, not only do you have a a female amongst your bandit tribe, she also appears to be the most psychotic of the group. (laughs) (laughs) You Andalites are savage with your (laughs) crazy women. I don't know. Let me tell you, Aloran has some opinions about that. Back in my day, we never would (laughs) have... Yeah, I, I really, I, can we get a rewrite of this series that's just from Aloran's perspective? <laughs> I want to know what Sounds he's thinking really all good. the time. Yeah. He's thinking, kill me. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's most of it. 
Alloran is the Andalite that Visser 3 is infested, for anybody who doesn't remember. Yeah. If you listen to these episodes in order, uh, like you should, but I know that many people do not. For uh, some people, maybe it's been a long time. They haven't. They didn't do a reread. Maybe they they need a refresher. Yeah, I, I guess that's fair. You're right. a fair guy. Uh, <laughs> well, all right. Some would call me balanced. <laughs> some would. I I don't know if I would. They uh, they they escape right. They're they're out in the surf. They morph dolphins, and they're getting away when they um they echolocate a killer whale coming in at them. Uh, it's David. Spoilers. He has morphed a killer whale and he's coming to, to kill him. Um, now, here's the, here's the next point. Uh, he doesn't know that Tobias is still alive, so he thinks there are fewer of them, right? So he's only expecting five of them instead of six. So Cassie, she has her whale morph, so she peels off from the group. There's a fight. Um, David, in the middle of this, reveals to everyone that Rachel threatened his family uh, she denies it, and nobody really says anything to that. Um, it's looking like David might get another kill here, but then Cassie, the humpback whale, shows up and scares him off. Um, this is yeah. also kind of the point I'm talking about, where it's like he counts five of them, and then there's a sixth. He should be suspicious, Tobias, but, but I guess he just didn't think about it in the Did moment. Did he just think it was just another whale? <laughs> oh, no, she does talk to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe he just, maybe it's just like the, you know, it's like, I I thought there were five and then at some point one of them must have slipped away and Cassie yeah. must have slipped away, turned into, well, I just got confused or something. Like, yeah. it, it, it's not, it's not inconsistent, but it is a little odd that it happened twice. I don't know why I didn't even, yeah, I did not think about that, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's, he maybe, but you know what? Again, these are kids. David maybe isn't the brightest bulb. <laughs> Yeah, he thinks he is. He sure does think that he is. Um, and this is the part that I I was kind of talking about earlier when David mm-hmm. says he's talking about Rachel's threat. And he's like, did you know that big Jake? <laughs> did you know that Cassie with all your moralizing? Uh, how about you, Andalite? Oh, of course, we know smart mouth Marco would approve. Like, he's kind of just cutting. He's like, I, I know all your assholes, you, you assholes, yeah. weak, your, what your thing is. <laughs> I'm going to mm. call you on your shit. <laughs> like, that's that's good villain shit. That's what yeah. I like to see. It is good. Yeah. David David's being quite good here. Um, we also uh-huh. get to, it's also funny that the humpback whale, they point out, couldn't really actually do anything because it's like a peaceful animal (laughs) i bet it could though i mean like against a pack of killer whales it would probably have a a tough time especially if it was already like old or weak but you know size advantage matters for a lot if if you are you know 10 times the mass of some other thing i mean weight classes exist for a reason yeah that's true that's true uh so I bet she could have just like hit him with her tail or something. <laughs> just just swallow him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there there is a point here where they think this is a real killer whale, and they're like, uh, "Oh, we should oh, yeah. hide under that boat, and the noise will scare him off." Um, these days, we all know that killer whales are uh, going after boats. They are not scared off by boats. 
<laughs> we, well, we all know they've declared war on boats. This was before they realized their power. Right. Avatar Way of Water hadn't come out yet, so they weren't mm. as inspired. It that was just sense. it was like Tilikum and nobody else really. <laughs> yeah. Ostracized from the from the Orca group. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for James Cameron. Thank God. That's what I say every night before I eat dinner. <laughs> say grace. Uh, makes yeah Mm -hmm. a couple of good little bits of prose here i like when it goes uh closer 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 (laughs) i also like like when it says up 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 (laughs) i'm glad you like those things (laughs) those are things that said writing tip yeah yeah Yeah. in the book in the book in the book (laughs) Um, Uh, and then yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I kind of wanted I transition to the next scene, I guess, but yeah. Um, all right, I, I, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so there's like a brief aside. The problem is, that, uh, are we trying to talk about like Jake and Rachel's conversation here? I guess we kind of glossed over that, but it, I don't know. It feels no, 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 because like... that's not coming up for a little bit. Oh, I, oh, oh, you didn't mean this one. We didn't. Yeah, I, no, no, no. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You, Whatever. You, <laughs> All right, let's just move on. All right. Okay. Uh, so, okay, next morning. They've gotten away. They, they succeeded in this mission. Dave, it's the only problem now. Next morning, um, Rachel's family is having, like, this hard conversation, right? Because Sadler, do you remember Sadler? How could I last, ever forget Sadler? <laughs> from last episode, their cousin the got hit by a, a bike and is in the ICU. The sad man. Um, he is almost certainly going to die. Uh, you know, the doctors say there's like no way he's going to make it. So, um, Jordan wakes up Rachel. There's like a pretty poignant scene where Rachel tries to comfort Jordan and like talks about a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, but after this, uh, David reveals to Rachel in thought speech because that he is there, right? He, he shows up and he's like, hi, Rachel, I'm here. And I overheard that whole thing. Uh, he's like sending her a message, right? He knows where she lives. Um, I kind of want to pause briefly and talk about this scene at, at Rachel's house before we move on to definitely the bits with Jake here. Yeah, yeah. And this is just an again. There's another thing. <laughs> yeah, there is yet another thing, <laughs> which is in in a way just as devastating as all these other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And and this one has that that whole thing where it's like it's a lot more real than uh yes you know than an evil evil villain trying to hunt you down or or the yurks trying to conquer the world it's like oh my you know family extended families in the hospital might die yes very much real (laughs) yes compared to those things this is this is real shit this could just be a a drama without sci-fi in it Which is which is again part of what makes this book so great is all these things layered on top of each other that that just there's just mm-hmm. no time to come up for air, um, and and then we have this pretty uh, sad conversation of Rachel yeah. trying to comfort her sister and realizing that she, basically that she can't even she's beyond the capacity for feeling. <laughs> yeah, so. Rachel here in this conversation very clearly just does not care that Sadler is dying. Like she does not give a shit. She I is don't blame her. trying to figure out the right things to say. Put this kid Jordan. out of his misery for being named Sadler. 
<laughs> I should have called him Happyler. Joyler. <laughs> that would have, yes, that would have made all the difference. <laughs> but um, no. Yeah, they cover a lot of, uh, Rachel pulls out a lot of shit here, like, Jordan's talking about like survival's survivor's guilt and being like, I feel bad because I'm happy that it wasn't like one of my siblings, even though it was my cousin. And then I feel bad for that. I'm like, I'm blaming him. I'm like, why did you know he darted out in the street like an idiot? So of course he fucking got hit. He gets hit because he's stupid and careless, and she's feeling bad about that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of like real emotions coming out of Jordan here. Yes, it's very. Uh, who is saying this to her at this point? Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm cutting ahead to, to David stuff. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, they, they get, they get into the, like you said, careless or, or stupid. That's a line David says, isn't it? Uh, that's a line Jordan says. And David repeats it like mocking oh, Rachel. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm just, I'm looking yeah. at my highlights and I <laughs> forgot where things are for kids. Yes, I'm doing the, uh, what do they call the, the Rebus or something? Is that what it's, what's that called? I, yeah, that sounds right. Rebus? Yeah, the, that was the best part. <laughs> that's, that's Animorphs adjacent. That was out around a big thing around this time. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there's a lot of really great actual, it's like baby's first <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, survivor's guilt as you said like yeah. if any kids are dealing with it's and it's different too because i feel like in a lot of a lot of fiction you'll have a grandma dying or something mm-hmm. that kids have to deal with but this is a kid getting hit by a car yeah there's there's something more because it's such a it's first of all it's a kid yeah, so that's it's another kid upsetting. just like you. So like it could happen to you. Yeah, right? it's not, it's not like oh, don't worry about that. You won't, you're not going to die till you're old. It's like you could go yeah. out on your bike and just get smashed. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot to have to confront at a young age. And and we see that again. Rachel is she's just she's not even she's past that point. She's past. Yeah, she's so far past that she's not even going to confront it at all. She's just <laughs> she yeah, can't she even. Isn't, yeah, completely unconcerned with this, but she she's trying to help Jordan out here. Um, Sorry, yeah, Jordan. I mean, <laughs> getting hit, speaking of getting hit by a bike or getting hit by a car on a bike. I actually have uh, a, a story about this from when I was a kid. I had a, a my like best friend in elementary school, like first, second, third grade or something, uh, was like, you know, he was a, really into bikes, so we would go out and like bike around his neighborhood. And he had a little brother who was like two years younger than him. And I remember one time we were out biking and we ran into his little brother and his little brother had gone out without a helmet. And, you know, he being responsible was like, you can't come out without a helmet. You got to wear it. So he he takes off his helmet and is like, here, you wear this and sent off his little brother and we went home. Well, we found out his little brother actually drove into a speeding car, flipped over the windshield and like landed on his head on the windshield and smashed the windshield later that same day. Uh, and and I think about that story a lot because it's like, oh shit, he, he probably legitimately saved his life by doing that. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, right? Wear a helmet, kids. Yeah, wear a helmet. <laughs> it's a good idea. Wear a damn helmet. <laughs> God damn. That reminds me of one time I was out driving and this fucking kid ran across and like hit him. Hit my windshield. 
Yeah. I drove, I drove away. <laughs> Did you back up and run him over again for good measure? <laughs> nah, he was too far on the curb. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now about this David being on Rachel stuff. <laughs> yes, David or, being or on. around him, but in or around. <laughs> I shouldn't say in. <laughs> um, I mean, I was gonna say this. This part is pretty like uh, creepy, right? Like, yes. And there are some kind of weird. It's there's nothing like explicit, but there's some like uncomfortably vaguely sexual tones here. Like maybe David has like a thing for Rachel, and Rachel's like, I don't know if I want to get in the shower when he's around, right? It's like a little like, oh geez, this I don't know about this David guy. This is this is definitely the point of the book where I feel like he's. I mean, he was probably already beyond saving, but now I think he is just a hundred percent psychopath here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, it's there's not even any trace of humanity is gone at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, had I read this as a book, I feel like maybe as a kid, I mean, then uh, I, that probably would have I probably would have some weird fetish from this about voyeurism. <laughs> I don't know, but I didn't, so I'm normal. Oh, unfortunately, I did. So. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. it's fine. We all get weird fetishes from different places. Yeah. It was more the the whale parts for me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. There's a, there are parts later on that involve rats. That I think that maybe that mm. that awakened something in me this week. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to point out that even though the rat on the cover of this book has like the eye makeup and stuff, I do not want to fuck it because it is underage. Of course, and I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. What? <laughs> Yeah, up until that point, people were worried about that. But now that you've said it out loud. Yeah, it's important to clarify these things. That's cleared up. Yeah, we do still want to fuck like the bird, probably. (laughs) What? Polly? Price cut Polly? Yeah, I guess. That's the one I want to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of the Kafit bird. <laughs> oh yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's got all those wings. <laughs> <laughs> all those wings. Do those wings go all the way up, baby? <laughs> what those wings do, girl. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're talking about a book. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, like you said, yes, he's extremely mm-hmm. creepy. He's yeah. It's implied that he's gonna. S- snoop on her in the shower at least she's worried enough about that happening i mean you have to be like because this guy you don't know what he's capable of he could be anywhere he could be anything yeah so she's got to make this countdown of two hours even though theoretically he could wait outside in the bushes and come right back in (laughs) she's taking that you got to take that chance eventually (laughs) yeah but it's very creepy it is very creepy um and then she heads over to to jake's uh to go yell at him and uh, over it. Cause Sadler's family is staying with Jake's family now, as we recall. Um, and they are all getting ready to head to the hospital. Um, so Rachel yells at him a bit about how David's now like targeting her specifically. Um, you know, and it's like, what, what, why are you like sending me off to, to threaten him? Blah, blah, blah. What do you think about uh, like what, whatever. Uh, they get to the hospital because <laughs> this doesn't get resolved to the end of this section. Um, <laughs> so they get to the hospital and a Dr. Kaler, got to get these names, uh, tells them, 
that Sadler was on his way to surgery, and he was not going to make it, when all of a sudden, the elevator jammed, and the nurses with him uh, passed out or were knocked out or something, and when they came to, Sadler was totally healed. It's a miracle. No injuries, conscious, smiling, talking, sitting up. Uh, it's David. <laughs> David has killed Sadler and taken his place. Um, so now he has a new family. Or has he, he still wants him, the blue box? Or, or just David or, just died. Or yeah, or like hid him and let him die. That's almost certainly what he did, but because right. of his code, right? Um, like Dexter, because <laughs> of his code, like Dexter. Yeah, it, it's never explicitly said in this book, but I, I think it, it's generally agreed upon to the point where I think it is on Seropedia as though it were in the book that David has probably put him, like, dumped him down the elevator shaft or something, or a uh, laundry chute. <laughs> I mean, they were in the elevator. I don't know. But uh, yeah. anyway, after he taunts them, Jake and Rachel get into their big discussion we've been teasing this whole time about their feelings, you know, that they've been avoiding. <laughs> All right. So let's tackle this, the, the, the Sadler stuff first. Yeah. Uh, this is the part where I have to note about this being straight out of a fucking horror movie. <laughs> this is, well, first of all, I just want to say my first thought was truly... I thought maybe the Elemist saved Sadler's life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it, it was, is understandable to be like, she, there's no way that she would, like, your brain just isn't going to go in that direction. Well, because they said, like, they were in the elevator and they blacked out, which sounds like, you know, like lost time or something. I it, I don't really mm. understand. Like, did David hit them over the yeah, head? Yeah, he, like, knocked him out. That feels like a little, I don't know how this kid I guess he could have, but they don't remember it. Like, how did he surprise them without, I don't know. There's some details there that are sort of confusing to me, but mm -hmm. can you hear a dog barking right now? I can't. Okay, cool. Good. It might show up on the final recording, but whatever. It's fine. What can oh, you do? Well. <laughs> it's just a little atmosphere. It's Homer. Yeah, it is Homer. <laughs> um, and then once I realized what happened, <laughs> yeah, this is, up until the end of this book, <laughs> the <laughs> darkest fucking most horrific concept. Yeah. yeah. So upsetting in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, and, and it goes back to also, he had this moment in the previous book where Jake mentioned Sadler. And then he says that David got this look in his eye like he just won the lottery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I forgot to bring it up last book because I kind of just was like, yeah. I, at I, the time I was like, what the fuck is that? I didn't know what that I was. I intentionally didn't bring it up because I didn't want you to guess. <laughs> I wanted this to come totally okay. out of left field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did because I did note that point and we just, you know, we ran out of time yeah. where I didn't feel like saying it. But I, I had no clue. I was like trying to figure it out because yeah. it's, it's rare that stuff like that will carry over even in these connected books. And also cause it was just mm -hmm. one sentence. Like it was yeah. so quick, but I'm all, I'm kind of surprised that she laid that groundwork so subtly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it is very subtle for her style. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so the idea is David is just going to take over Sadler's life and that the real Sadler's body is somewhere else. He did something with it. It's decomposing. He's dead. His parents will presumably just never, his plan presumably is that they'll never find out. It's not their son. It's kind of like a, 
I don't know. It feels like a demonic, like an yeah. orphan style movie where <laughs> someone else yeah. takes over a kid or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's just going <sighs> to, and, and like the thing is this would work too. Like that's the worst part about this because like you, it's very rare, but there are real life cases of like con artists coming in and impersonating missing children. Mm. And it works even when they don't look anything like them or because it's just like, you have to believe your kids survived. Like That's you just totally, have to. There's a movie or a show that does that. I don't know what it is, but I. Mm. I but yeah, I, it's yeah. it's like you know, and 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 as they say in this book, what are they going to think? He's a morph. Like, okay, yeah, he. Of course, maybe his personality is totally different now. That's to be expected. He he almost died. Oh, but he's that's him. He's back. So here's the problem, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's where it starts to break down for me. And but maybe you can. Maybe you can make it make sense. He can only stay in Sadler more for two hours at a time. Mm -hmm. If he wants to keep his morphing power. Yeah. Presumably this means that Sadler, his morph is never going to age. That is presumably true. On the other hand, David probably hasn't thought that far ahead and is probably (laughs) also just willing to leave this family. Yeah, but that was where I was like, he's got a couple years max before someone starts to think this is weird. <laughs> yeah, I had not considered that, but like, <laughs> he can just move on. Yeah, right. That No, that's that's definitely, and that's even more, again, what's so upsetting is even by the end of this book, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's really resolved. They don't really bring it up, so might as well talk about it here. There's I mean, a quote I have for that, actually, from the end Okay. I'll just read it here. It says, eventually they would find the real Sadler's body and then they would know that at least for them, there was no such thing as a miracle. So, we, you know, we won't say it yet. People probably know. We won't say exactly what happens to David. Yeah. No, but, no, no. But how, what is this family? How did they? Yeah. What, and do, it's not like. Like doctors saw it too. They, they have yeah. photos, presumably. They have yeah. documents. This kid comes back to life and then disappears, and then they find his body somewhere. Like, how do you rationalize yeah. this? Like, this is this is so fucking horrible. It's so and, yeah. There's it's a nightmare. Even, like, as a human being who exists in the real world, yeah, it's just it. It's the cruelest thing I can imagine to do to someone. Yeah. Yeah, and the the book definitely understands this. It's not like she accidentally wrote something that was a little too dark because she didn't think about it. Like, it's clearly thought about. Absolutely this, vile. This is one of those moments, like, you know, you keep coming back and being like, no editor looked at this. Nobody looked at this and okayed this for children. You know, like, <laughs> like I got, I've been desensitized to all the gratuitous violence that they okayed, but like, Jesus Christ. Yes. This is existential <laughs> dread and horror. Yeah. And again, I read this which... when I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. Oh man. I mean, probably, maybe as a nine year old, you'd just be like, oh, that David. Oh, he's so mean. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's hard for me to remember, like. How did I react to this? Was I just like, oh man, that he sure, oh man, that's an evil thing. Because you're that not he did. thinking of yourself yeah. in the parents' shoes or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I probably would have, when I was a kid, I was kind of a piece of shit. I, you, know, I, you know, I loved villains. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if that's common or not. Because, well, a lot of times in movies, especially kids' movies, like the villains are the ones who are like making jokes and having fun. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, uh, I do I, think that you don't like have empathy like fully formed into sure. them being a teenager. So. So I feel, I actually feel like if I were a kid, I actually feel like David is, <laughs> this is going to be carted away for saying this, but. Oh, yeah. Is almost in some ways feels like not exactly a self-insert character. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. it, but it is like, because he knows, every, he's an outsider, but he knows everything about the Animorphs. It almost has the, I don't know if it's quite an isekai thing. <laughs> you would know more about that than I would. I don't but, know that I would know that much more. But if it's like this thing, if you were, if you were a kid and you, you know, the fantasy is like, oh, if I got to enter the world of the Animorphs. Yeah. And there's potentially a path there where if you're like a shitty kid, you might think, oh, I could like, I could be a dick and I could use the yeah. i could side with the yurks and be david yeah da- like david's right they should be knocking over jewelry stores and yeah and ruling the world that's what and... i would do that's fun <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean i i could see it i could and see it for sure kind of like a joker it feels batman more thing. like a harry potter thing if i got my letter in the mail right <laughs> <laughs> if i got my my escafil device at the construction site <laughs> yeah that's the analogy there I don't know where I was going with this, <laughs> but hey, you're David. You see yourself in him. That's what I'm this trying to say. Is I I read this book and I was like, yes, this is yeah. what I would do. Yeah, and 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 last book I was the one doing the uh, David apology. So I guess we're just a pair of Davids here. The Davy boys. <laughs> the Davy boys. <laughs> I just put a cap on this. Also, uh, we get we were kind of speculating a few books ago about what grade they might be in. And we have confirmation from someone. They're not in high school yet here. They mm, make okay. some reference to not yet being in high school. So I, I think they are definitely in eighth grade. That's my assumption. Yeah. Yeah. They, they would kind of, I feel like they have to be at this point. Must be. Makes sense. Great. Cleared that up. <laughs> cool. Cleared up. Yeah. And does David, um, does David also say like, I don't know. He's like, I'm going to go. He talks about creating more Animorphs with the box. Yeah, at some point, I don't even remember how much of this is here, how much is later. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll make my own team, but I'll make sure they're all dumber than me. You guys were stupid <laughs> and picked someone smarter than you. That's why. <laughs> I would love that, too. Like, I'd love to see that as yeah. a series. That could be 10 books with the Bizarro Animorphs. <laughs> I don't know why I keep coming back to Harry Potter, but I'm just thinking Malfoy with this crab and Goyle now, right? He's got <laughs> David needs his, his dumb thug types. Yeah. I'm sorry for being so problematic. No, I get it. I we we're both big potterheads. <laughs> uh, Did I already last episode say talk about Venom? I feel like that's another I think you I'm did, sure yeah, I did. But, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all No, you know, I feel the, like you're like the mirror versions of the heroes is kind of a, a thing that happens that's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel, just feel like, again, like many things in this series, I, I think David is certainly not the most egregious example of it. I understand it being wrapped up here, but you really could do like make this last for much longer if you wanted to. There's so much you could do with David. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have, instead of a giant Marriott thing, you could have David hanging out on the periphery for multiple missions where it's like, oh shit, David showed up and ruined another mission. Yeah. He he might risk becoming a Visser 3 at that point, though. I almost, but maybe that would be good if there was, 
you have Visser three, you have Visser three's brother, and then you have David, and maybe it's maybe mm-hmm. then Visser three, like you don't, you know, he doesn't become as much of a joke because sometimes it's not always him who's mm-hmm. <laughs> pulling the shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's reasonable. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so Jake and Rachel have a conversation about their feelings. This episode's going to be long. <laughs> it's, it's all because of that song you wrote. It's not my fault at all. Right. So this is where we really get into it about how Jake has, is using her as a weapon. Yes. And not only do we see, you know, Rachel's dealing with herself and what she's become, but she's also seeing Jake now as someone who has become maybe too good of a leader. He's, he recognizes the, uh, the skills of the Animorphs to such an extent that he's almost not seeing them as human anymore. He's just like assigning them to roles. Like he's playing XCOM. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Jake's really got a little leadership arc going on. Uh, Start like with, with him trying to figure out how to be a good leader in 16 and him kind of coming into his own with the decision-making, but maybe losing a little humanity in the process here. Yeah. Okay. Which one was that? I don't actually, was that the first one of this trilogy? Uh, sure. No, No, that's the discovery. Oh yeah. There was a decision and a departure. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Uh, Jake has a good line here, uh, that I, I want to make sure is read off here where he says, uh, everyone draws their own line. Cassie's is in one place. Marco's is somewhere else. Yours is in another. Mine, for example, see, I used to think my line was drawn at using my friend, my cousin, my crush, to do my dirty work. <laughs> Guess that turned out not to be true. Sorry, Rachel. I'm sorry. I, it, it is an, I think that this is a very thematically important line, not just to this particular point, but to the entire series. I just couldn't help myself is all. <laughs> no, I, I understand. It was right for you to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's... A, it's a, it's, it's I, now that we've teased it so much, I feel like we kind of actually <laughs> little by little here and there <laughs> talked about most of the yeah. significance of this, but yeah, we have, we've gotten most of it out. There is a little bit where, where Jake is, is saying like legitimately, I'm worried about you, Rachel. Like there is something wrong with you. Um, yeah. In the process of saying that he, he also says he's listing off why everybody else does it. And he says something like Tobias, who knows what Tobias wants anymore? I, I like that line. To like, I like that it's clear that like, it's not just Rachel who has something wrong with her. Something is wrong with Tobias too. But like, yeah, who even fucking knows. And it makes sense because it's like Tobias isn't going to school with them. Yeah. So Jake really, and they didn't really hang out with him before they were Animorphs. So yeah. He is re- the only time they really probably hang out with Tobias is when they're on missions. They're, like I don't know if Tobias is coming over and in, in and sitting outside the window while they play Doom. <laughs> yeah, it feels like he's not. I mean, he comes over to Rachel's all the time to do that, but that's it. Yeah. So that's that's interesting that you know it's kind of like it's like on Friends when you realize like Chandler and Phoebe never really do anything together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is like that. It's like you think they're a big unit, but. It's, it's like, yeah, I don't, Jake and Tobias maybe probably don't have that much in common. Like, he doesn't really know anything about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. yeah. Agreed. It's a great conversation, though. It's a really good, like, back and forth here. <laughs> Agreed. Well written. 
Um, and at the end, they hug, and it is nice and wholesome and sweet and not sexual. <laughs> no. Normal cousin hug above the waist. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, so they got to deal with David. Um, they are back at the barn. They put on this like show about how they've been basically beaten, um, and you know they're going to have to work out a deal to get the box to David so he can move out of town. They can be done. Uh, this isn't really set up front. This is another point where they kind of like lead into it and let you believe it's real, although it's pretty obvious it's fake. Um, they intentionally reveal to David that Rachel knows where it is, even though they're gonna, they're gonna be like, oh, Cassie hit it, but right, you know, whatever. Um, and the box is in different pieces disassembled, so he needs like a guide, uh, and they go prep their actual plan. Uh, David meets them and talks with them. He has overheard, yeah, and he's like, yeah, Rachel, guide me, whatever, and they, um, and you guys will follow along. They set up the plan. There's a couple of chapters here. There's some moments. I don't know how much we have to talk about before they actually do their thing to stop David here. Um, any, thing, anything to say here? <laughs> yeah, I'll just say I completely misread what the misdirect was in this scene. Interesting. Cause- because Marco is doing this whole thing about he's like being very over the top antagonistic, mm-hmm. like as a show for for David. Yeah, I, I, I guess I David's I, never liked Marco, I guess. Yeah, I just assumed I, I was like, oh, it's so obvious. He's not even trying to hide it. That's David morphed as Marco again. Mm. And I thought the rest of the group knew that, but were pretending not to know it Mm. because all of his lines just sound like David lines to me. (laughs) I was like, man, David really is not doing a good job hiding himself here. (laughs) I could see that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's clearly not what's happening here. But uh, and also he says, um. And, uh, uh, well, I mean, a uh, part of that, which kind of could go both ways, is oh. Marco says, oh, David killed Tobias, and we're going to reward him, which, again, was he's pretending for David's sake, but I was like, oh, because David wouldn't know that he didn't kill Tobias. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, I can see that, because Marco is doing a very bad job playing his part. It works. Uh, David buys it, but he is... Like, it's all... It's so over the top. Like, when I... I do know when I read this when I was nine years old, I was not fooled. So, like, this was not enough to fool a nine-year-old, even though... He says, uh, at least David shattered the myth of Mighty Rachel. It's a good thing you did survive, because now you have to live with the fact that you got beaten by David. I mean, like, that... Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very... Yeah. On the nose. And, like, also... In this same book, they already did a scene where they pretended at the barn to fool David. Yeah. <laughs> They're all acting exactly like they acted when they were trying to hide, like, at the, at the end of the threat when they were birds and pretending they didn't know. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, David, you did good. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, da- David maybe didn't realize they tricked him. He just thought the plan changed. <laughs> eh, maybe. Yeah. No, David's ego's getting kind of big here. He's uh, <laughs> clearly stopped listening to, to reason. This so this was the part where I, I I I did start to realize kind of what their plan is here, mm, mm, and the, interesting. The horror slowly began to dawn on me at I, this point. 
Yeah, when I was a kid, I did not know their plan until it was done. I had no idea. They, I mean, did you go say any of the details? They, they mentioned a rat. Not yet, but they do mention the rat, that they're going to have to morph a rat to find the pieces of the box. And I started to, pieces started to come together in my head, and I did not like where they were headed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty reasonable. Um, so we can talk about that, but first... I just want to say that sunny days are better because on sunny days, <laughs> girls wear shorts and like little short dresses or whatever. What do they call those? Those dresses that have like straps on top and are usually yellow or whatever. Sun dresses? See, there you go. Sun dresses. As in sun. You don't hear about rain dresses. You have rain coats. No one ever says, whoa, you look excellent in that raincoat. I Love bet people it. do say that to Rachel, though, actually. <laughs> they, oh, they definitely do. Yeah. Uh, Marco's all right. be a little bit yeah. of a perv. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Also, kind of a, also sneaks in mm-hmm. a sort of a beautiful line from Axe about why you should just appreciate rain, because it's just as beautiful as sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Good old Axe. Yeah, he does some cinnamon bunza stuff here as well. Sure. <laughs> he eats, yeah, eats some hot sauce. Yeah. yeah, why not? All right. So, so let's let's wrap up the horror of what they have done here. Uh, all right. I'll just give you the 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 details of what happened. They go out to the construction site. Rachel morphs rat. David morphs rattlesnake and holds her at venom point, and he's like, "All you other morphs, you." Animorphs, you go into this, you know, morph cockroaches and go into this bottle, and then he traps him in there, and he's like, haha, now you can't interfere or do anything. Uh, he morphs rat, and Rachel leads him to find all the pieces. Um, David thinks something's maybe wrong, so there's a bit of like a, a fight where Rachel bites off her own tail, uh, but it's too late, and he gets trapped in a box. Rachel has led him into a trap, and he is caught in a box. Uh, because Tobias is alive and he has freed the others from the bottle and they have sprung this trap on him. Um, and this is the plan. They are going to keep David in this box for two hours and David is going to be permanently trapped in rat morph. Uh, Rachel and Axe stay to count the time and uh, the others all leave for their own mental health. Uh, they take David out to a tiny little island a few miles from shore that has other rats living on it, and they uh, drop him there to live out the rest of his life as a rat, alone on the rat island. And uh, the book ends with a kid at school telling a ghost story about a haunted rock he passed by while sailing uh, that you can hear a wailing voice crying from. <laughs> it's really horrific. Child death... <laughs> and body snatching not enough for you? Yeah. <laughs> Try yeah. this on for size. Yeah. And I mean, this is, so we, obviously we've had Tobias and then we had the Cassie book where she turns into a caterpillar. This is the first time we've seen like someone specifically intentionally force someone mm-hmm. to be, to be trapped in a morph. Yes. Trapped in a morph and then stuck away on a tiny island filled with nothing but rats to live as a rat. Yeah, life as a rat, as Modest Mouse would say. 
Mm -hmm. Um, where to even begin with this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's, let's go back to my, if David was a normal person and they did this to him, (laughs) they would like it, there would be no justifying it. They would be monsters. Now, as you said, arguably you could still say that they are monsters for doing this. Yeah. I mean, the, the parts of me, I mean, the, the question is, what's the alternative? They, mm-hmm. they really feel they have no choice. I don't know it's that there is an alternative. Killing. Yeah. But I will say, and I don't know if this is better or worse. I thought they would like keep him as a pet or something. <laughs> I didn't think they would just abandon him. I mean, that's got to be a better life for him, to be honest, as, as like horrible as that sounds. But also... Like, what, how are they going to... He can thought speak. He can just, right. like, call for help. <laughs> That's true. He could, like, find try to find controllers and thought speak them or something. Yeah. Tobias could eat him, and then they could be like, listen, David, you're an animal now. You're not a human. <laughs> it's not murder when Tobias eats you alive. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I will say, from a standing back from the emotional aspect for a second... Mm-hmm. I think this is the best conceived and executed plan the Animorphs have ever had. <laughs> like, in terms of all their crazy plans that are last minute and they half the time make no sense and just go wrong and wouldn't have even worked if it went the way they thought it was going to go anyway. Mm-hmm. This this plan is, like, well thought out and they execute it flawlessly they they're good actors because they fool david and go have to go along with all this shit Mm -hmm. it's impressive the the level of detail that goes into it (laughs) yeah i would agree they they pull this one off uh and they they actually they make a point here that cassie was the mastermind that rachel and jake could not think of how to do this and Cassie was the one who was like, I know how David will react to stuff. I know how to get him here. Uh, and it also seems like Cassie was part of the decision-making process to trap him rather than kill him, because that, at least that's somehow better than killing him, which is arguable. That, to me, is the... that That's the horrible cherry on top of the horrible Sunday. Yeah. It, the, yeah. the fact that Cassie is the one who... Yeah. And sh- and she's the one who stays at the end, right? Or is it Rachel? Stay? No, it's Rachel and Axe stay. Uh, Rachel demands that everyone leaves and Jake takes them because, uh, uh, yeah. Be- Rachel says, I- because Rachel says, you guys can't handle it and I can handle it. And she also says she's lying. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but but the Cassie has to live with this now. The, the yes. most peaceful person who want- doesn't want to do this stuff but she but she just knows this is the only way and, she, and so she has to live with the fact that she sentenced mm-hmm. him to this life. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. That is so brutal, man. That is Cassie has the line where she says, "May I be forgiven for what I am about to do right before they execute the plan." It is it's a good line. <laughs> truly fucked. It really is. This sort of reminds me of like how in Batman the Animated Series they were like we can't have 
the Joker's gas like kill people, so instead <laughs> it puts them into permanent laughing comas, which is arguably significantly more horrific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is is it really better? Well, it's not killing. Yeah, okay, but. <laughs> yeah. It's I yeah I think it's 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 worse. It's probably worse. It's it's pretty bad. I don't know. I wonder how long David lives as a rat. I mean, like, I mean, probably, rats only have a couple years lifespan, honestly. And yeah, that's not even taking into account predators, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah it's it's very, very fucked. It is extremely fucked. But I don't know if we feel I don't really feel bad for David as much as I feel bad that the for the Animorphs having to live with themselves. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny how it is framed. Like, you you very much are supposed to empathize with the Animorphs for having done this horrible thing and not, not with David for having had it done to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck him, whatever. <laughs> also worth pointing out that Rachel pulls 127 hours in here. She As a rat, she gnaws oh, yeah. her own leg off, or just her tail. Her tail, yeah. Her tail. Mm-hmm. I, that is all like again just that is a concept that's it's so fucked up but there's too much fucked up shit in this book that it's just it's just a minor little detail in a sea of fucked up shit yeah 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 it, compared to all the other horrible like there's no such thing as miracles please god forgive me shit going bo- on in book three that would have been the worst thing they ever did in their lives yeah <laughs> now yeah. that's just another step in the play <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Lord. it's now, it's intense. Axe counting down the minutes. David screaming at them is yeah. So I mean, I don't think I think we just have to kind of move on because we're yeah. you're not going to be able to. It's you can't really yeah. put a cap on the 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 weight of this, but I don't know how to better express it than we have or, or yeah dissect it any more interestingly. Agreed. Uh, what do you think of the David trilogy? <laughs> Well, I do want to. There, there is a, one other aspect at the end that I wanted to touch on. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which is, um, and I lost the exact. I, I, I closed the book. I don't remember the quote, but maybe you have it. <laughs> but it feels like they try to have a little wrap up of of Rachel, where she kind of goes, "I don't really like fighting that much anymore." Yeah, I don't and know I, that that lasts. <laughs> it, that yeah, that was a. I thought that was strange, and it seemed like it's not. That easy. It feels like they wanted her to have yeah. an arc of, oh yeah, no, I no longer get a thrill out of violence. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm pretty sure she's gonna keep having a thrill for violence in the upcoming books. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Another thing. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. That's that's all I really. Uh, well, I, I said I was gonna bring it back around to Judaism, and oh yeah, mm-hmm. I did want to say ask this question, which is all about the David and the David trilogy. What do we think yeah. of the name David? Because for some reason. There's, I mean, David is such a common name, but for mm-hmm. some reason, the the thing that I keep thinking of with David is um, Prometheus. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? I didn't. Well, anyway, Ridley Scott is in the alien universe, but da- David is the name of an android who's like the whole thing is all about, you know, it's very much a question of like your humanity. And, and of course, it's that itself is a reference biblical reference and David and Goliath and David, you know, Michelangelo's David, like, like creation of man and all this stuff. But I don't know. Do you think any of that, there's any thought of that kind of symbolism about that name, David, to me, it just seems 
like it could be significant or do you think Kay Applegate just knew a kid named David? <laughs> I mean, I, I never thought about it. <laughs> that, that had never crossed my mind, but I don't uh, know why. Like, I mean, I'm maybe not... there's something there. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure somebody could bullshit something that's even if it's not there. <laughs> but, yeah. But... Yeah. I don't know why I'm thinking about that name specifically. I haven't really thought that way about anyone else's name, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Usually she's just pulls bullshit and makes stuff up. (laughs) At least it's a normal name and not Eric with a K or some fucking shit. Yeah. That was a real person though. (laughs) Fuck that guy. And, (laughs) and Dr. Kaler with an H fucking what the fuck. That, that looks like a real potential name. Whatever. Uh, so I think my overall thoughts kind of mirror what you said at the beginning of the show, which is I, 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 I think I look back fondly at the trilogy as a whole. Book one was very messy and book two was better. And book three was the best of the three. So it it's taken as a whole. It, smooths itself out as it goes, which I, I think does actually retroactively make it kind of all good, even though in parts it was a little messy. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree hundred percent. And I mean, I think we'll, the season recap, we'll talk more about kind of the mm-hmm. impact of it. And, and I, I, I don't know. I'm wondering even by the end of the series, because it feels like there's an, it's another, example of there being so much left <laughs> in the series yeah. but and this feeling so much like you know a, a late game thing yeah. i um, will throw out there that i think i think when we are talking about the very end of the series there are going to be themes in this book that are extremely relevant uh it's it's one of the more important pieces of animorphs to talk about and to remember but fortunately, you will remember it. It's it's one of the more memorable pieces. So. <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, you're going to hear me breeze through pop culture references faster yeah. than we ever have before. Do it. Opens up with an, oh my God, she killed Kenny joke in Rachel's that Dream. great. That's pretty funny. South Park is pretty new at this point. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, and that's, a, that's an edgy reference too. Your mom mm-hmm. doesn't want to see that reference in this book. She thinks that's nice as neat. Uh, tried juniors on the second floor, named the department store. She blew past the marquee for the old Navy store. Noticed that Foot Locker was having a big sale and also was heading toward the JC Penny. Marco uh, d- slash David swings the Louisville slugger. Uh, obviously we need a Starbucks here in the cafeteria. Someone says, of course, as Marco would say, is, you know, warrior princess referring to Rachel. Marco says, kiss me and I'll become a prince. I'll be the prince formerly known as toad. Pretty funny. Uh, Marriott mm-hmm. Resort. Uh, this one's a stretch, but I, I I put it in there. They said they referenced something being like a like when you're in a chess game. Chess is a man-made game. It counts as a reference. Uh, however, I am not listing military branches anymore. I decided I don't feel like doing that. Uh, who's, who's that comic book character who's always yelling, it's butt-kicking time, Rachel asks? Uh, that's the thing. And what he says is, it's clobbering time, Rachel, you dumbass. Marco tells yeah. me. He's right. We charged like some Mondo Frico version of Gettysburg. <laughs> she uses the word Mondo twice in this book. I I took no, note of. <laughs> Definitely more of an, I feel like an 80s word, but yeah. I don't know. Mondo Burger. Good Burger was, was out. So 
Uh, the world leader is sitting in his jockey shorts. Lisa, Lisa, why the fuck did I say Lisa? <laughs> We're losing it. I meant Cassie, but it's actually not Cassie yet. First, David says, hey, I'm Free Willy. Free Willy is hungry. <laughs> when he's a killer whale. And that's what Cass- I say when I'm craving some Taco Bell. <laughs> I, I get that. And then Cassie comes back and says, hey, David, it's me, Moby Cassie. Because <laughs> you can't say Cassie Dick. It's a kid's book. Right. Uh, the hospital, they say it's it's like on ER. The doctors are always worrying, but then the patient survives. And if they're a cute girl, they get to date Noah Wiley. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I never watched ER. Maybe my cousin didn't Same. didn't see me as some crazed femme Nikita killer. Never saw that one. That's a Luc Besson, I believe, right? Sounds right, but I don't know. Uh, I never can, saw it either. You can never be sure whether the pretty blonde lugging a pair of bulging express bags through the mall is just another sweet, ditzy, harmless mall rat or me. Some doctors slash nurses looked like they just had Leonardo DiCaprio tell them they were pretty. This is because they learned that uh, David came back or sorry, Sadler was alive again. So they thought it was a miracle. I was really yeah. confused by that line for a while because I did not understand why they were why the doctors would be acting like a dude thought they were pretty. <laughs> also, Wait, did you think were you just being sexist and assumed they were all straight men? None of no. them wanted Leo to tell them they were. No, that wasn't that was not it at all. No, I was just like I didn't. I don't think they'd made it explicit yet that he was like alive. This was like before mm. they found out what happened. So I was just didn't understand what could have happened that made an a nurse or ah, doctor okay, okay. be acting like, Oh, someone has a crush on me. I'm like, what is scenario is that? I was, <laughs> didn't understand. Also, I want to say happy. at this point in 1998, Leonardo DiCaprio was like 17. So <laughs> just saying, yeah, but it was a different time. This was also when Britney Spears was a sex symbol at like, when the hell was that? 15, 16. All right. Fair enough. Um, maybe you're not Xena after all, but David may just be Hercules. Again, a part that I really thought sounded like David, not Marco saying that. Uh, here we go again with the Axeman doing his Rain Man impersonation. Another, uh, I don't know if they've made that reference before, but I know that I have speculated about Axe being autistic coded. (laughs) So that's pretty, that's a pretty strong point in that argument's favor. (laughs) Something happens inside a crowded Taco Bell. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did I write here? Like some little Cessna? Yeah, Cessna with a 747. That's a plane? Yeah, it's like an old propeller plane thing. Great. There are Coke cans strewn around. However, their plan hinges upon David picking up and trapping them as roaches in a Pepsi bottle specifically. Not a can, a bottle. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, the they didn't really break the Escafil device up. The piece that David retrieves is a Lego. <laughs> and uh, I will point out, of course, that uh, the singular of a Lego is a Lego brick. You wouldn't just say a Lego. There's no Legos either. It's Lego brick and Lego bricks. Yeah, Lego is the brand. So just that's something yeah. to point out. That's helpful for the listeners so they know. I, look at that. We're, we're only in a two and a half hours, so all things considered, we did pretty well. Could have been worse. Now, if you are listening to this new of thoughts on the David trilogy or other books in season two, like I said, in a few weeks, we're getting ready for our wrap up episode. 
email us, theyerkyboys at gmail.com. We're still on X as the, at the Yerky Boys. I don't know. I didn't even tweet about the last episode. <laughs> Who cares anymore? But you can follow me you on threads. X. You didn't X about it. You can follow me on threads at Jonathan Estes or uh, on Blue Sky at Jonathan Estes. Follow me there. Because I just did that. I don't know how the fuck it even works. Thanks. Wow. Thanks, Nick. Uh, again. And um, fuck. I don't know. Go to my website, JonathanEstes.com. I'm done. Yeah, someday you'll be able to follow me on Blue Sky too, and maybe even this podcast. We'll uh, we'll figure that out by next time. Uh, so next time we're going to be reading the Horkbusher Chronicles, and you know I always forget to to say before, and you always interrupt me, but this time I'm going to say. So we're going to be doing that in three parts. So if you are reading along, we will be reading through chapter twelve. Great. All right. Everybody understands. We're all on the same page. Got it. All right. Cool. Then thanks everyone for listening. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about the Hork-Bajir Chronicles, in which Aldrea turns into a Chadu on the Yerky Boys. <laughs> it feels like a perfect night to morph into tigers and chase after our exes. Uh-uh, nymorphs. It feels like a perfect night for the mall at midnight to fall into a skylight. Uh-uh. Morphs. Yeah, we're Rachel, Jake, Tobias, Marco, Cassie, David, and Aximili Escaruth is still. Tonight's the night when we forget about the Yerk Pool. It's time. Uh-oh, I don't know about you, but I'm reading 22. Everything will be alright if Tobias can pull through. You don't know about Jake, but Rachel can help too. Everything will be alright if we just keep reading Animorphs 22. 22. It seems like one of those nights the mall is too crowded. Too many controllers. Who's Mr. Uh-uh. 3 anyway? Animorphs. Yeah.